Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Connected by water. I'm pretty stoked you're here. We're here, Brett Romberg. Right. Yeah. Um, how I, at least that's what my mom called I, me. Yeah. I was thinking about like the best ways to introduce you because you're like, I love you, man. You're awesome. But Appreciate uh, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you as as an as a knoll. I'm gonna introduce you as national championship winning. Uh huh. Right. That sounds good. All American center. Uh huh. Right. Brett Romberg. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Can I introduce you that way? Is, of is course. That cool? Yeah. That'd be great. Right? All right. Sure. And um. Obviously, you know, veteran NFL player and, you know, radio personality and, you know, all that. And us, all, all the shit that really doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. no, it matters <laughs> to me, man. Now that I'm like, now that I'm like, I got a mic in front of my face all the time. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, the broadcast thing is cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, uh, it was cool. You always listen to you on the show with, um, you know. Zaz um, and all them yeah, guys back Zaz in the day. Zaz and Amber and all that. And uh, now you're stoked you got your own gig yeah. over there at the man. Yeah, definitely. I, uh. Although although it was great working with Zaz and and Amber and and even before that Joy Taylor and uh, oh that's right you work with Joy yeah yeah that's uh, I, kind of me and Joy kicked it off really really well um, Zaz obviously being the sports junkie fan I guess you could say the sports nerd of the three of us mm-hmm. but but Joy Joy's uh, plethora of knowledge about sports whether that was her herself going through high school and she was a like giant athlete in high school too so basketball track and field she did it all uh, aside from the fact of being jason taylor's sister which yeah. she always fell into that you know category but uh but yeah i think she could probably whoop his ass in a lot of sporting events i'm sure she can verbally at yeah least. oh yeah no she's good man she's really <laughs> she's really nice as she seems in person uh she, she is really nice. she's um she she will be a psychopath like like a lot of a lot of the great ones are that mm-hmm. she will be a crazy person, uh, good looking girl, rolls with a good looking crew all the time. And uh, but but at the end of the day, she's uh, she's a sweetheart. She's a good girl. She's awesome. Yeah, nice. So um, speaking of sweetheart, oh, Jenny, yeah. 
that works God here. God bless her. She's practically from Canada. Yeah. And originally, she felt that you would like the Labats. Please. She is a border cheers. jumper. Good for cheers. her. I like that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers. It's uh, definitely uh, very hospitable walking in here. Not only do I see it to see amazing art, but the old maple leaf on a Labatt Boo bottle is pretty good, too. Yeah. I'll so take that. We got some wings here provided to us today by Wings Plus, which up here in Coral Springs is a local wingery. Cool. And um, pretty uh, looking forward to pretty it. famous well establishment in town. So for those of you not watching on YouTube and just merely listening at home, you're probably going to hear us with a mouthful of food every now and then. Yeah, that's so, okay. Yeah. I might I might rip off the odd burp or two. I don't want to I don't want to offend anybody, but yeah, we also got what's the other one? We got Landshark, the former known Hard Rock Stadium name, right? Yep, we got some Landsharks here. We like drinking Landshark a lot because um I can I can honestly tell you this will be my first time you're going to pop my Landshark cherry to be honest. Really? With you. Yeah, I've never So, had well, we do a lot of stuff with the with Last Mega. The boat, last minute, oh, yeah, Jimmy yeah, Buffett's yeah. boat. So yeah. that's that's obviously their yeah. company and stuff like that. So, yeah, we've gotten used to drinking that a lot with them. So I'm like, yeah, cool. I kind of like this, you know. And then Liz likes it. She doesn't like like a lot of beer, but she likes that. Is it so, lighter? Is it a lighter feeling? No, it's beer? a lighter beer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah uh, cool. my wife. We broke out on Cinco de Mayo. We broke out a couple, a couple nice little Christmas stocking gifts that we had in our in our storage area in the garage, which was a whole bunch of Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville stuff. So. Really? All, yeah, the margarita machine, the mix, the maker, the the martini glasses, the you know the frozen margarita glasses and stuff, and actually across the the rim of the glass, it's actually the lyrics to uh, Margaritaville. Yeah, nice. So looking for my last uh, lost shaker of salt and um, take me away again is another line that they put on the on the cup. So it's pretty cool. I, I'm a big fan of Jimmy. Actually, to be perfectly honest with you, when I first got to UM, uh, January of '98. Uh, my first experience of like doing it the Miami, Florida Key way, not the Miami Hialeah way, like not like a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. you, you think about Miami, you think about that Latin culture. This was more of the the American local Miami guys getting their their talons in me. And after a morning run on, uh, it couldn't have been more, I was here for more than three weeks. After that first morning run at 6 a.m., the Friday morning was, uh, we're going to teach you to just abort the classroom. Mm-hmm. On this Friday, and we're going to head straight to my guy's parents' house in Key Largo, and we ended up going out fishing. So it was spearing, diving for lobster, uh, obviously fishing throughout the day, and getting back to the dock at around 2.33 to run over to Publix and grab some rice. And we were cranking tails off right there at the dock, and just that was my first amazing hooked experience, no pun intended, mm-hmm. of this lifestyle, this marine life, this yeah. whatever it was, you know, it's just infectious. being in the, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's an expensive infection. But it's, yeah. It's, it's, and nobody sure. prepared me for the cost of it. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, it's definitely an expensive infection. That's for sure. You know, it's so funny. Someone you posted the other day, um, you know how on Facebook you got the thumbs up, you yeah. got the heart, and now they got the one where it's hugging the yeah. heart. And yeah, then yeah. you got like the upset person and the sad person and the whatever. They, someone posted a meme that said like, that's, the progression of boat ownership. It is. If you <laughs> right really there. think about it, the first day you're super happy. You yeah. know, it's okay to write that check. It hurts, but yeah. you know, you're just, you're excited. And especially how I've learned about the boating business and how a lot of your leading manufacturers, it's not like you could just go out and buy the boat that day. Some of these boat manufacturers, you're on like a two and a half year waiting list. Yeah. You know what I mean? You put your money in, you put your slip deposit in and then it's all a waiting game from then on. So regardless of what happens in the economy, hence COVID, um, they don't care if you uh, if you're out, you know, mm-hmm. half of your wealth. <laughs> they don't care. They, you're still getting that damn boat. I promise yep. you that. You know what I mean? So, but absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, I've I've been addicted to that. My dad was a captain back in the day up on the Great Lakes, living oh, up in was? Canada. Yeah, he was a boat captain for a while. Uh, 
It gets so, pretty rough there in those big lakes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, Lake Erie and stuff like that is not exactly, you know, the smoothest sailing in the world. Some days it gets pretty pretty rough. And mm-hmm. I think he had, uh, you think he, he capped into Wellcraft for a while and uh, and some other kind of open fisherman boat. I can't remember what it was. It was actually made of wood, too, because I remember we spent one summer refinishing it. It was a really, really cool boat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was like all walleye or, you know, pike or whatever you guys want to call some of the northern fish up there on the on the freshwater. But like taking out rock stars, like rock stars were coming to Detroit and my dad was known to party once or twice. So, uh, so the rumor would be, you guys want to get out on the water? Yeah, let's go. So you guys got a concert tomorrow. You come in early, go fishing with my old man. So like bands like fog hat and Nugent and all these other guys. So really? yeah. So he's, uh, he's been known to show people a good time once or twice. That's killer. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Did you ever do any ice fishing up there? Oh yeah. I've always I, wanted to go experience. ice fishing. That's a freaking experience. So for those of you that know about ice fishing, you can have your, you'll set up obviously at the beginning of the season when the ice gets really, really thick and you're able to drive on your snowmobile or even that matter. Some people drive their trucks or ATVs and they sled their shanties, their ice fishing shanties or mm-hmm. cottages or whatever it might be. You put them on some skis and drive it out to the middle of the lake, pop the thing up, set it all up. And you could actually put generators out there and electricity and whatever. Yeah, and those you, things get pretty cozy. Oh yeah, they get beautiful. Hell, you, I was fishing with my shirt off sometimes, hanging out in there. You got a little space heater in there. You aug really? out, you aug out a couple big circles, and you got your tip ups, little mini tip ups and stuff. Sometimes you're pulling like we call them gators, the musky. Mm. These are mm. our freshwater gators, our muskies up there. So we used to pull muskies up through the whole pikes, whatever, man. It was it was really really cool perch. Like you throw them like the minute you grab them. Aside from not even needing to bring a cooler with you, you know what I mean. That's the best part about it. Living up living up north in the wintertime, there's not many things good about it, but. One of them is literally we used to have a basement and a walkway down into our basement, and it would snow so much that I could literally open the door and it would be a giant snowbank. So what you did was you just grabbed your beers and you just pumped them right into the right into the snow, and it's like your built-in cooler. Mm-hmm. You want you don't have to go to the fridge, you don't have to go back to a cooler. You just open the door and pull out a beer. It's really really cool. But yeah, the the fish would freeze immediately when you pull it out of the water. Just lay it right there next to you. You're good to go. Don't have to worry about it. And and the fish was clean, really, really clean. Yeah, I bet those cold water fish were real clean. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. flaky, tasty. And uh, we would even sit there with a little little uh, skillet, and you'd cook it up right there, too. Like nice. really, Oh, yeah, really, really cool. Really funky. Did you ever go back after? Um, yeah. I, I these usually, are hot, and these are medium, by the way. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll bury them both. Yep. Um, yeah, I, we would go back uh, quite frequently, actually. Now that we got the kids and stuff, it's kind of more difficult for, for us to travel. Right. Well, you never moved back, right? No, 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 no. I, I probably never will, to be honest with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all the uh, the glory stories of the ice and the the beer and the snow, and it's cool and all, but for, yeah, about, for about five minutes. Even on the way up here right now, I was talking to my mom. It was her birthday yesterday and Mother's Day. And... Oh, cool. Happy birthday, Mom. Yeah, happy birthday, Momberg. And uh, <laughs> that's what I call her, Momberg. And uh, she was like, can you believe it? It's 32 damn degrees here today, and it was snowing two days ago. And I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, She's like, what are you guys, in the mid-80s? And I said, yeah, unfortunately. But it's cloudy, though. It's going to make you feel better. It's kind of cloudy. So, yeah, yeah the, the, the weather back there is, like, you could bank on not seeing sun sometimes for about a month. Right. It's, it's just misery. I wouldn't be able to do that. No, 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 no. It, it affects your mood. You know, uh-huh. people that suffer from depression and all kinds of other stuff. Imagine not even being able to go outside, and if you are, it's dark as night, gets dark early, sun doesn't come up really till about 9, 9.30, goes down at around 3.34 sometimes, so it's not exactly ideal for a good mood, you know? I was born and raised here, so when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, how can people 
live like that. <clears throat> my wife is from New Jersey, right? So we'll go up every now and then visit the in-laws and all that. Mm-hmm. One year we went up for Christmas for like 10 days. And it was like the shittiest weather. And you had enough. It was after three days. I'm like, how do you people live like this? I have a hard time staying home when I go home. Like, I get all excited to go back there. And then my wife usually knows within 48 hours. I'm like, ah, I'm done. I'm looking for an excuse to get the hell out of there, you know? Yeah. I'm like, how, how, do, you, how do you guys do this? I'm it's like, tough. Yeah. And I can only imagine what they're all going through with this virus stuff. Mm. And we, all got shut it, down. we got it made down, down here. With the weather and, you know, okay, yeah, sure, we got to stay in. We're going to hang around by the pool. You know what I mean? No big deal. But up there, it's like, oh, we're going to walk the dog in the snow and the rain. Like, yeah. it was freezing cold. And it's bad. My little brother it. actually just, uh, he just, he he he, he, he bought uh, little mini ATVs for his kids to go zinging around the, you know, the oh, parks really? and everything with. Yeah, so he, he's trying to make the best uh-huh. of the situation. But, like, the sometimes, although the, although the death rates are pretty low, in my hometown area, like from Toronto down, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I wouldn't want to be that guy just, you know, told to be, you know, quarantined in my home and wear a mask wherever you, because over there they have things shut down and they're limiting the amount of people that go into the stores, but nobody's required to wear a mask. In Canada yeah, in general? You're, yeah, you're not, you're not required to wear a mask. It's okay. like an optional thing if you really want to. Gotcha. So it's weird how, you know, different parts of the world, in North America in particular, are like taking on this new uncharted territory yeah you know it's kind of sad to see not sad but it kind of sucks that people are taking such a political stance on a lot of this and mm-hmm. it really just should be a human element totally i mean i don't know if that's whatever people believe and you know whether you should open up the economy or everyone stay home or keep the mask in your face i mean we don't get too political on the show. We try not to, at mm-hmm. least. You know what I mean? Because that's each. I can't think of anything more non-productive than for two people that don't have the same political view to have a conversation about politics. It's, it's, a, it's a futile endeavor. It's like, don't even go there. Yeah. It's like, why bother? It, it's just going to cause an issue. It's right. going to cause a rip. I'm the big uh, agree to disagree kind of guy. Like, I'm, right. I'm not going to sit here and debate with you. Number one, I don't care about politics. Right. I, I yeah, couldn't. I couldn't. Clean water. That's the only thing we really talk about on the show that has any sort of political value. Oh, really? Yeah. We well, talk, what, what, you do you th- what do you think about that as of recently? Like, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm literally like leaning towards the, holy shit, this is the first time that we've actually shut things down for a few weeks and we're starting to see the benefits environmentally of toning down the amount of, you know, exposure, littering, trash, uh, boat fumes, whatever it could be on the water. I don't know what it's doing for the fish population, but I know it's... It definitely cleaned up a lot of our water down in the Miami side of things. Mm-hmm. Even the Miami River was deemed, uh, and considering uh, actually deeming it like good water, and it hasn't been this forever in a day. And then you saw what's going on over in Europe with right. dolphins and different types of species returning to you know different parts of the environment. Which I don't know, man. I think that's I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice a week or two of not being on the water or staying home or finding a way to to help uh, remove that like carbon imprint that everybody refers to when mm-hmm. it comes to the environment. I'm not exactly like a giant global warming guy or anything, but hell, man, I, I know times are different. When I hear fishing stories about where I live now in the Keys in Isla Mirada about going out to the hump and used to come back fully loaded, boat bloody as hell within a few hours and, you know, few and far between or the fish are small or whatever it is, whatever, like, you know, I could see how it's impacting, obviously, the world. Um, There's no doubt in, about it, especially plastic. Yeah, man. Like, That's a big I, deal I even too. feel guilty when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And if I got like a six pack of beer or if I got uh, bottled water that is like getting wrapped in those little rings, you know, 
minute I, the first thing I do, I grab the scissors and start cutting that up. Because yeah, the last really thing do. I would want to see is like a, a poor turtle getting his head yeah. wrapped in one of those things I or do, something. You know what I, I mean? do the same thing too. Or a bird, even even like a seabird getting it tied around his legs or whatever it might be. I definitely think responsibility and accountability has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're still human at the end of the day, and we're still going to live and do what we're going to do, and we're going to be there. Right. Um, so we always talk about like there's like a balance to be had there, mm-hmm. and, and I think people just need to really understand what their impact is and just try to minimize it as much as they educate possibly. them ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped single use plastic on this show. And again, not like we're overly environmental, but there's like what they say, common sense things you can do. That's there's common sense Maybe things Seth. you could do, you know? And I love the fact, by the way, that uh, Tom Garfinkel over there at the hard rock is like taking charge on that too, where I like um, Tom. Yeah. Tommy's great, yeah. man. He's a really good dude. He's very modern in terms of his way of thinking, his progression. And, uh, and being like the first NFL team, NFL organization, I don't even know if they're the first professional organization. They might even be, but to do that, and that's probably the affiliation with, you know, being so close to the water and being yeah. in Miami is the fact that he's eliminated all that single-use plastics at mm-hmm. the stadium and stuff. So it's really cool the stuff that they've done, taking those steps. Yeah, I mean, I think the Dolphins in general, or from, from, from that perspective, are a pretty progressive organization, being on the forefront of a lot of things. Um I think they might be the first ones to come out and talk about, you know, the NFL cranking back up. And they've already got their stadium policy in place of 15,000 fans and all that other stuff that they're going to be allowing at the game. So National championship here this year, too. Yeah. That's another reason well, why lot, I think there's a lot the, going on here. I think they're, well, you got the races and stuff, too. But mm-hmm. I think they got to be thinking we need to prove that the NFL can be successful here this year because we got the national championship game too. So we need a case study. A lot is riding on this. Um, I've been not, not anybody knows this yet, but I've been doing a lot of work with an infectious disease company in the last couple months. Like, like what kind of work, like developing the protocol in order to get back to work. What? Like, Like firsthand, crazy, amazing. And it's not like it's new protocol either. Like they've been doing this for 25 years. They're an infectious disease specialty company. And, um, and like literally the president of the company is like the guy that used to run Microsoft in Canada. So like they got legit geniuses behind everything. They got people that have been on the Canadian board, uh, on the health boards, um, like people that they're consulting. Um, I'm talking all sports leagues, really businesses. Like I'm talking like huge businesses, domestic things, Canadian or international thing. Uh, ironically, the guys that own the company, they're Canadian, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're out of North Carolina. Okay. So. Um, basically they've been doing it for quite a while now. And this is like their Super Bowl. their bread and butter of, you know, signing attestation forms and temperature monitoring and even going as far as ultimately tracking people, uh, in terms of body temperature wise, if they are sent home from work, from employment, do you know if they're staying home? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the degrees of separation in terms of who do they hang out with? Um, ultimately they've been so geared- they're looking for statistics. Uh, well, they have them. Like, yeah. liter- legitimately, they, they have 80% of the universities in the country, and they have over two-thirds of the nursing population in the country. Really? So, basically, in order for you to graduate from a nursing program in the United States, you have to follow their protocol. And, yeah, it's it's totally legit. The way so, that what's they, your involvement in it? Uh, I know the guy that owns the company. Okay. And uh, I was asking him, hey, when when's the next time you guys are coming to the Keys, man? I haven't seen you in a while. You know, he's like, oh, I'm just kind of, you know, fin- finishing up this app that I got going on. Um, and I was like, oh, what's the app? And he's like, I know it's like, you know, retinal scanning and temperature gauging and monitoring and sending it back to our database and all this other stuff. And I was like, 
hold on a minute. And I was like, aren't you guys like a background check company? Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, eh, kind of, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, so is this like a big secret or what? And he's like, no, you know, we're basically the only only company in the country that has able to, to track the amount of people we can track legally through databases with all the guidelines of OSHA or uh, FERPA and HIPAA mm-hmm. and, and all these different possible litigations that you can run through about people's personal information. Uh, my company, we got almost 500 people in my company and, uh, and we've been implementing our strategies within my own personal company. And then now the hospitals in North Carolina have adapted this. So for instance, if you're a physician and you're scheduled to go to work that day, you wake up, you take your temperature, you fill out your forms of where you've been. Have you been traveling? Has anything altered in your current daily routine? What are you supposed to go to work for today? You are supposed to be doing surgery from noon till six. You're on op floor. So then you show up at work. Your badge is like an LCD screen. It's like red, yellow, green. You LCD done, screen? Basically, yeah, on, on their on – their, so really? you're, you're walking around, and if you haven't taken any of your proper steps throughout your day of doing your temperature more than once a day – uh, filling out your forms, um, your temperature is okay. Everything, everything is status quo. If you're on the right floor of the hospital, you're green. If you're on the wrong floor of the hospital, you're yellow, and you'll get stopped immediately. What are you doing on this floor? What's your business here? Why are you not where you're supposed to be? If you're That's if you're, crazy. If you're a guest, you're going in to sign in to go see somebody, have a business meeting. You can't be on certain floors. So it's like, it's they've been doing it for like the last six years. It's it's like wow. mind-blowingly impressive. And in this conversation, I was just like. Hey man, you're you're aware that um, you're aware that sports is looking to kind of get back started again and stuff. And he goes, "Uh huh." And I said, "Well, like everything you're telling me, like people yeah. like sneak into the club level and be like, dude, you're not supposed to be here.' All that stuff, like just all the degrees of separation." Then I said, <laughs> "I said you're busted. aware of like you know Matt Ryan and and, and Ben Roethlisberger making like forty five million dollars a year." I said, "I don't know how much your doctors and nurses are making last right. year, but my guess is an NFL owner, a franchise, a team." They're very interested in in mapping and making sure that their massive, massive investment that's going to be on Sunday, that's going to dictate if you go to a Super Bowl, which is going to, out of a $15 billion a year business, which is the NFL, we got to make sure we take care of our athletes and we got to get them back to work and we got to get them back to work safely. So that means monitoring their home life, tracking who they are hanging out with, where they're going, and then obviously exposing themselves at their work environment, which is sweating, spitting, uh, coughing exertion, touching weights, touching trainers, people that are in the executive rooms, like everybody in order for this thing to function properly, you have to kind of succumb and submit yourself to a new norm when it comes to your everyday routine. You know what I mean? Especially parents and teachers and kids and stuff. It's, it's like, it's beyond. So this company this is highly fascinating. No, this me. company is, is I'll put it this way. I told I, them. All right, so I had no idea that any of this. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody like, knows. Like this is complete news to me. Yeah, like, so I don't want people to think that I brought you on for this reason. No, 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 no. And I didn't come yeah. on for that reason either. And um, and and legitimately, I'm just like, hey, man, uh, this this can really work athletically. Like whatever the the verticals that you got going on right now in in the the university and the nursing fields and the medical fields and the hospitals. Yeah, there's a lot of tie over, you know, when it comes to the athletics as well, and then. They also have programs for our school systems. Can I play? All right. So I'm going to segue into the slippery slope conversation. I was going to, is there a slippery slope there? Like, I mean, I mean. They have a 99. Right, let's just play devil's advocate, all right, mm-hmm. with, with that comment. Because I don't want to, like, offend you with that comment because, you know, whatever. But it has the potential to be, like, people control. It is. It, it's legal big brother. 
That's okay. ultimately what it is. And due to the fact that their company legally is allowed to do this. Um, okay. And like I said, that's but the why participation has to be voluntary. You do. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to what, you know, uh, president of the university of Miami, Julio Frank was talking about last week was uh, in order for us to get back to whatever our new normal is going to be. Mm-hmm. You can't have like what's going on overseas in Europe because a lot of American businesses and corporations and enterprises were actually consulting with Asia because Asia got their numbers down relatively quickly, if you know what I mean. Like, all of a sudden they have Do a massive opera. you trust those numbers at, at That's all? That's the best part it, about it. At, the, at first no, at all? I never trust a word I mean, from I coming out it, over there. Yeah. So what happened is a lot of people started consulting certain people over there that were letting them know about the real results where, for instance, they use a thing called QRC codes now, which is a lot of what Apple and Google might be getting into in terms of people taking their temperature in the morning and they input their temperature. So you have to have the honesty policy there. And, but in order to go ahead and travel around overseas in, in Singapore and in Asia, you have to put those numbers in because you won't be able to use any of the public transportation system. So, for instance, when you show up, you show on your phone, okay, you're good, green. You're allowed to get on the train or the bus or public transportation. So they're lying through their teeth over there. But only 12% of the population participated in this. All of a sudden. In Asia. Yeah. So imagine 88% of the people and then 2 million and something Cell phone people, like people that have cell phone accounts, disappeared. So yeah. they no longer have cell phones. I've heard that. Like, yeah. how the hell is that possible? You're telling me all of a sudden two, two million people aren't paying their cell phone bill or they don't right. have a cell phone anymore? No. So a lot of the stuff that's coming from over there is very jaded and, and skewed numbers. And then you're never going to get the president of the United States here saying, you guys have to use Apple. Right. You guys have to use Google. And each of them have their own different apps. Each of them have their own different platforms. So... And they all can't conform to the certain laws that you're put into place for human rights. So they don't have HIPAA. They don't have FERPA. They can't. That's just the way they are. They just can't abide by those rules, whereas this company, Castle Branch, can. So it's it's freaking amazing. And I, I told them when I was sitting there talking to them, I've been like losing sleep over this the last like week and a half because I'm excited about the program. I'm right. excited about Because I, leg- I legitimately think this. We can get back to an organized way of life, although we're going to have to sacrifice some of our freedoms, we can get back to an organized way of life through this platform and mm-hmm. through the way that this tool can help navigate people. It's fascinating. Like they think they really think of everything. I'm such a middle of the road guy when it comes to like, <clears throat> how's the best way to say this? The right and wrong thing to do right now. Right. Like, so I kind of like, I'm a proponent of opening back up. Mm-hmm. Right. Because as am I, an economic disaster, both domestically and globally, is going to do a hell of a lot more harm than people think it will. Oh yeah, right. Like, of it, like you want people. People, people are going to be dying from starvation. You're going to get desperate people. Like my yeah. mother-in-law showed up at my house yesterday. Crime is going to run rampant. Like bad things will happen. My mother-in-law was like, "Hurry up, get to the grocery store and buy food." And I'm like, "For what?" She's like, "Because there's a meat shortage." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Well, I said, "This." I said, "Where'd you hear this?" And she said, "On the news this morning." They showed me a Publix that had no meat on the shelves, like the paper towel area. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh-huh. And she goes, hurry up and get to Publix and buy some meat. And I was like, man, F that. Let me get in the car and like go to Montana and go hunting. Right. Or fill my freezer or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't make me go up to somebody's farm and leave a, leave with a, a black Angus cow in the back of my truck or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was going to head up on over to Lake Okeechobee, see on the top side if there's ending up in New Haven. Something, some man. Get a whole plethora of different game. But, uh, but yeah, it's like it, it really is – 
But I also I also feel like we need to be respectful. Like if you want to wear a mask around True. someone who who yeah. like isn't comfortable, then put the mask on. I'll never be. I'll you never know, just be. to make them feel comfortable. You got to totally. like we still all got to live together. Well, the thing is, is my my mother in law. She's like she's older. She suffers from asthma and she's got bad allergies all the time and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll never want to be responsible for bringing that into right. my house. They're dealing with a different deck of exactly. cards than we are. Exactly. I get it. You want to live a healthy lifestyle and be selfish and and you know not worry about others. It's not about you. It's about the the other people. But I am like, I'm, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so jaded with the way that I feel because I'm naturally selfish. I, we all are as human beings, but mm-hmm. I think I'm a little above and beyond because of the way I am, the athlete thing and, you know, always striving and being better than other people and all that other stuff. I'm not saying that I am, but that's just my mentality of, I have to be, I need to be like a personal, my little brother's not like me at all. Mm-hmm. I'm totally different. And part of me, the, the selfish egotistical part of me is I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm right. strong. You know, ethic. I'm an athlete. Only the yeah, strong survive, you right. know, caveman style, just meathead, just clueless about, you know, the sacrifices that others have already made for me in order to go ahead and be the person that I am today. Uh, I wrestle with that once in a while. And I, I'll sit here and, and although I'll want to go outside and yell at somebody for telling me to put a mask on, it's like, you can't, like, you just, you just can't, you just have to have, you know, be respectful to other people. Um, I'll never tell anybody what to do, you know, especially right. if it comes to making my life a more convenient place. I'll never be that guy. I'll always show respect to other people and stuff, but man, the few that affect the many when it comes to this thing, the, although the numbers are staggering in terms of hearing about people that are dying related to COVID, yeah, nobody's right. dying from COVID. Right. They're dying in related, uh, co, uh, co-diseases to, to COVID and, um, whether they got it going on in Italy, Italy right now. I don't know if you saw the big rant that they had in Parliament in Italy about I, that right, congressman. So I caught kind of towards a little bit of the end of your show today on the way into the studio. Uh-huh. And you were talking about Italy and that you guys were thinking about maybe moving there. So yeah, I Rome. only caught like a little bit of what you were saying. And then I had someone in the studio, so I had to run in from the truck. Got it. But I didn't catch the whole story. So, so the situation in Italy, obviously, that was one of the mace, like more hotbedded spots outside of China when this thing first started, right? Everybody right. was so concerned because of the amount of people that were dying from Italy. And then within the next week and a half after all of those staggering numbers started pouring out, here, the message that we were receiving was it's because they're old and it's because they smoke. Right. So the majority of their population being as old as they are, and even our own mayor here, Jimenez, in, in Miami-Dade, was saying, well, it's because they're old, number one, and it's because a hell of a lot of them smoke. And we have more ventilators at Baptist Hospital than Italy had as a whole country of like 60 million people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and our ventilators are sitting, like not doing anything. It's and socialized you, medicine. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And then obviously the recipe for disaster with COVID is putting you on a ventilator. It's like the opposite thing that you want to do. It's like a death sentence. Right. And um, that's the reason why the death rates are so high mm-hmm. when it comes to being put on that stuff. But um, apparently what happened in, in Italy the other day uh, in their in their parliament was they had a guy getting up there and addressing. He was a member of parliament. I, am, I don't know what he was, some representative. But he kept addressing the president and talking about the jaded message that the world is getting about Italy and how, like, weak they looked in terms of the eyes of the European Union and all this other stuff. And, uh, and like, legitimate fact numbers of if you, if you, if you consult the, their health ministers and their research records of how people are dying over there, it's not because they're getting paid 13000 per Medicare patient of COVID or 39,000 like we're getting paid here in terms of each patient that gets put on a ventilator. It was more along the lines of just making the numbers more impactful for them over there. So 96.3% of the people that were actually dying over there 
wasn't dying from the COVID situation. They just, right. they would label it as the COVID situation. And it was really remarkable. And, and then people were getting upset. And the whole 25,000 number of people dying over there was a total farce as well. So, you know, it's the whole. It's the insane. Whole, See, this is what I was talking about pandemic, earlier. It's man. like, it's such a shame that it has to like, the infrastructure has to be so penetrated this way that to where everything, things are getting skewed. And like, why day, can't it just be straight up truth, man? At the end of the day, it's just dollar. It's just money, it's money. man. It's, it's all free. greed. It always is, man. If you look, oh, they always say follow the money, you know, follow it to the, since right. when, like I talked about it today, since when did Bill and Melinda Gates become medical experts? They have no business being involved in this whatsoever. But all you hear now, unless I never they, even unless knew. They, unless they've had their hooks in it for so long now, as if from an investment standpoint. And you always wonder about stuff like that. Right? You realize who's That's the only reason that they, they, they have to, to really be opening their mouths. You always right got to look back and find out who benefits from stuff like this, from tragedy, who benefits right. from war, there's, who there's benefits. There's things with Fauci's been tied to like a lot of these. Oh, yeah, back in the day. The, oh, yeah, back of, in the day. You know, Apparently, he was responsible for the, the delay in the HIV pandemic um, cure. He was about right. a year delay because he was the one that got his hands on it and patenting a lot of stuff. And he was one of the main ones that ended up freeing up universities from getting patents. Like, you now, now you can have a member of parliament or a member in office a congressman that can file for and petition for patents. So you could have them find a way to get their patent and delay anybody else's to get out via their, you know, conflict of interest. And then all of a sudden their stuff comes out and now you're buying their vaccine or you're buying See, their insane. investment. That's it, insane. Dude, it's, it's crazy. Like and I'm not ever, a conspiracy theory guy. No, no, no. But people want to make fun of this, this, I can't remember how to say her name again, but the doctor that with pandemic thing. Right. Uh, it's or something. Yeah, like her yeah, name right? Was, yeah. So, all right. Maybe some of this sh she said might've been, mm -hmm. you know, controversial or mm -hmm. like, Hey, is that really true? But there was a lot of things that she said that lined up. Totally. You know, like, all right, it's not all just this, that, you know, whether you think that she's kind of like batshit crazy or whatever, right. you know what I mean? Is that's your opinion on it? That's Correct. fine. But there were some things that look like they're factually lining up. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, hundred percent. You know, what about 2020 so far? What do you think? How's your, how, personally though, personally, were you guys doing good in 2020? Is this like your we year? We were doing, honestly, we're still doing great, to be honest with you. Like we're 2020, I mean, started off with a bang for us, you know, because we also go right into the Jimmy Johnson. So we ready to yeah. go to like Jimmy Johnson. Planning. Thank God he got that thing in. Yeah, it's a big event for us every year. You know, we try to go all in for that one. And, um, you know, we're, we got a ton of projects lined up, you know, cause most of the stuff we do here is custom work, you know, for big boat guys and tournaments and different things. So are like you that. doing a lot of wraps and stuff like that? Is that a ton, what? ton of wraps all, all day long and a ton of apparel and like a lot of the, you know, the shirts and the custom design for these guys. And, and you really manhandle that shit. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, dude, that was that my first rodeo. <laughs> All right, so for those of you not watching on YouTube, Brett's just completely manhandling. <laughs> oh, I'll rape a wing. Wow. They don't even stand a chance. That is now. the truth. Yeah, I got my right. little technique. Everybody wants to know about a technique. Did you see a, that? How to eat a wing. Serious. That was good so stuff, if you're, if you're doing the flats, like this is, I, I should have just been able to spun out this little knuckle here, but yeah, you just you just rip that wool knuckle out and you twist, and usually this whole bone will come out, that little mini one. Yep. And then- um, You and split then you it get, in two. Yeah. And then you just, you just cream it up, like- I love the flats. Good for you, brother. Mm -hmm. The drums are okay, but I, I like the flats. More. See, I'm a drum guy, just because I'll just I'll just sit there and eat it like you know. You peel it around like mm -hmm. like the, it's like you know Alabama on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm just having having a little chicken wing here. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah, so I mean, 2020 is great for us. I mean, we're doing good, and we're in, you know with connected by water and everything like that, and with Harris coming in, investing in the company, and like you know. We're, what do you mean, Harris? All right, so Harris, that's my partner. Mm -hmm. Harris Katz. 
coolest guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. And I mean that, right? Is he a local guy? He is a local guy. Uh, he's got a he's got a place down there in in um, Tavernier. Oh really? Yep. Um, he lives here in Parkland, but he's got a place down in Tavernier here too. He runs the Takizi boat, and that's Takizi house oh, yeah, yeah. down there. Yeah, I've so seen that, yeah. that's Harrison. You know, ever since he kind of came in, that really kind of inject put a like adrenaline shot in our arm, and cool. you know, we we really really ramped does up. He, does he does he divulge what he made his money in or his business? What is the uh, cream of his crop is or. Or does he keep that a secret? No, no, no. So um, he is the founding member of um, a company called Tech Partners, which is an IT recruiting firm, um, you know, hugely successful firm. Um, they branched off and they created Med Partners, which then did recruiting for the medical industry and things like that. So, and, you know, they did pretty well in that sector. Um, but he's really, you know, at the end of the day, he's just a guy just like us hanging out. And Good loves, dude. Loves to fish, loves to hunt and... You know, just really loves to hang out and, you know, and he's just good to the people that are around him. Like, really good. Like, he's just, like, you know, one of the coolest, nicest guys. He's been like, I've I've been blessed. I've been blessed, so I'm going to go ahead and pay it forward kind of thing. Yeah, right. For sure. Good guy. And But, you know, it's just kind of like, this is how he is. You know what I mean? He's just really, you know, everyone, everyone that he's just like, you know, like one of those people that just have that vibe. Yeah. That people just gravitate towards, yep. you know what I mean? They got that just, energy, that, man. That's him, man. He's, they got that light. He's, yeah, he's just, it just naturally comes out of him, so. Yeah, so ever since Harris came into the studio, I mean, we really, you know, just exponentially just made us that much better. And, um, so we've been having a great year, having a great year so far. And even through all this, thank God, we were working from home once we had, you know, the whole Stay out of Friday the 13th mm-hmm. happened, the March 13th. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. once once we shut it down on, on Friday the 13th, we we're like, oh, we're going to go home because we don't really know what's going on. Right, so better safe like, than sorry. Yeah. yeah, better safe than sorry. And I told you before, I was kind of feeling a little shitty too with the sinus thing. And yeah. I was, you know, I was like, all right, let's just let's all go home because especially if I'm not feeling good, I don't want to mess you guys up. So, right. whatever. So we did that, and then we had to kind of like grab a computer from here and bring it home and set up my operation at home. And Jenny set up her operation up at her house and everything like that. And you know, we had then the other people. And you know, John couldn't come in, and you know, so we're like, well, what the hell? So we started working from home. And we debated doing like even podcasts like remotely through Zoom, and we set it up, and we were. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't even want to do that. You right. know what I mean? It'd it's be more like, of a pain in the ass than anything. Yeah. yeah, it'd be more of a pain in the ass than anything else. And then like, the people really want to see that anyway? I think people enjoy watching the show from the studio. Yeah, of course. You know? But so after a while, we're like, well, it's really kind of just us. So let's just come into the studio. Like before any open up was called or anything like that, I'm like, I saw the kind of the numbers like coming down yeah. a little bit, and especially in Coral Springs, we're not as bad as like other parts of Broward. So I'm like, yeah, let's go into the studio, you know, and you know, figure out, you know, just how to do it because it's really just at this point, just me and Jenny can operate the whole business from right. here on our own. Got it. And then everyone else can work from home. So, but we're here, we're good, and we're rocking and rolling. We're all caught up now, supposedly. You know, I think with like a lot of our projects, we fell behind a little bit. Gotcha. Because we weren't expecting people to just keep calling in for project requests, project requests. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Okay, we're staying busy. You know what I mean? We thought for sure we'd be like, you know, no one's going to want to spend money on doing like their own customer service and everything thinking like that. Too, yeah. man. I was wondering that. But I, I noticed in the boating industry, too, like, no, they, they're, well, they're not hurting. We deal with mostly with captains. So if a captain's not out, then I guess the theory that we came up with is going to be like, well, I might as well get those shirts done now. You know what I mean? Might as, well, might as well get that wrap scheduled. A hundred percent. Things like that. We're like, all right, cool. We benefited from it. I was uh, I was at Publix yesterday, and I was in the seafood area because I was trying to grab a couple extra things. And there, and there, I could tell the guy was a captain, a hundred percent. And he was the captain of uh, uh, 
what the hell was it? I think it was a merit. He had like a 68 merit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. It might even have been a 74. And um, he had the boat and the shirt on and hell, it could have been his boat. I don't know. But my guess is the owner of a 74 Merritt is not out doing the grocery shopping for his own boat. No. My guess. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're, you're, <laughs> you're accurate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he was just killing everything in that poor seafood lady aisle. It was just, uh, yeah, I'll get some of those tails. And then she was like, how many? He's like, 12. He's like getting 12 tails, all the <laughs> muscles you could find. Give me all the scallops. Give me. It was, he was just buying everything. Clearly getting ready to go out and do a fishing mission probably for the next week or so. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was like, damn it. I ended up having to leave because I was waiting forever. I said, frick, I'm going to go walk, do another lap, and I'll come back. Hopefully he's done by the time I come back. But, man, they. Uh, where was this? Is where This was where? Right in Pinecrest, where in I'm Pinecrest, at. Yeah. Right, yeah, you're in Pinecrest. And yeah. you, got a, you got a place down at, at 88, too. You yeah, said, I'm, right? uh, I'm in Venetian Shores down in Isla Morada. And, nice. uh, and then I'm I'm up here in Gables-by-the-Sea. Is and your boat down there? No, my boat's up here. In, your boat's in, up here. What kind Miami. of boat do you have? Uh, Pursuit. I love the Pursuit. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Yeah, I got the offshore. Yeah. Yeah, Big nice. Big bad boy. I'm a, I just love the outboard. And, and I was thinking about going with inboards, but my main idea, because we just built that house in Isla Morada, Back in 2016, I think it was. So I was like, yeah, not many like crazy outboards unless I'm like going to the Bahamas from here, which I wouldn't. I'd go to the Bahamas from my place up here. It'd be mm-hmm. a lot easier yeah, to run. Yeah, you don't want to go from down there. So I'm like, plus I like doing a lot of sandbar stuff, you know, reef fishing, things like that. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm going to go on an offshore mission, I'd rather like go on somebody else's boat, to be honest with you. Right. So yeah, yeah, lucky yeah, for me, I got some friends that have some boats that that's I can. That's kind of how I am too. It's like, I mean, especially being in, working in the industry that I am in. Of course, man. You can jump have, on a boat. I have no business buying like a 39 elephant. What for? You know what I mean? I I can pick up the phone anytime I want and be like, hey, can, can I ride with you guys this weekend? Yeah, you know totally. I mean? And it's not a big deal, right? right? So like, my wife and I are going to look at like a little bay boat just for us and the family well, I, I got, and the, the keys and you know, yeah, stuff in like the keys, that. I yeah. have a little Hughes. I got a little fart around Red Fisher Hughes that is like my favorite sandbar boat in the world. Yeah. Just, oh, just, I, I run a boat. Yeah, I run up, zing it right up to the sandbar. I hop out of the boat. Stick my pole in. I don't have to worry about anchor. I don't have to worry about anything. Whereas, obviously, you know, your bigger boats, you got to worry about wind and currents and moving and low tide and high tide. And am I going to bottom all this other crap where, you know, with the little 18 footer, man, who cares? That's I look at it as like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Who cares? The um, I I debated because we're looking at kind of looking at a boat now. Um, so I, I really, if it's just me, I'm buying a flats boat, yeah, you know what I mean. But you know, I gotta think about the kids and Maybe a little like T-top, a little, uh, yeah. little, you know what I mean? So I a little bay boat or something. Boat. Yeah. A little 22, 23, 24 footer or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you something. Get your opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. I know we talked a lot about all the current events and all the other crap. Yeah. We got it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's other current events too that I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. The fact that we just drafted a brand new quarterback. Hell yeah, here. man! So, are you willing to talk about the two of them? Because I'm pretty stoked about it. You should be personally, because be. I was pulling for Tua like the whole time, and it's on it's on Facebook record. Just in case anyone wants were to double check this, were you nervous that they were going to go the other route and try to pick? I was up, nervous uh, that they were going to that they that they might have gone Herbert, but then like the last like couple days before the draft, I was like. 
If two is there, they have to take him. Of course. You know what I mean? I like, was more worried about like the jumping around that they might have to do in I terms of San Diego was going to jump them. Yeah, and then and then they would in turn have to get rid of something to jump ahead of them to maybe work with Detroit to try right. to see if they could pull something. I Detroit, really thought it was. I did think it was going to turn into a shit show. It was the it was the most lamest predictable draft, which was okay and it was understandable because let's face it, working from home or having a GM in one location, a head coach in another location, it was just. It was too many moving parts going on as as is, as right. was. Hell, Goodell was in his own basement, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like In order to pull off the Jimmy Johnsons of the world, the, those five draft picks and deals and bartering and going back and forth, that needed to be done a long time before the draft was even going to happen. And who knows at that point in time if these GMs or these owners would be keeping their word, you know? So I, I kind of had a pretty good idea, especially when the Miami Dolphins medical staff was the one that ultimately did his final little physical Right. In order to go ahead and get back into the. When I heard that, I'm like, ah, we're getting Yeah. Yeah. And, but also, too, to that point that you just mentioned about, like, all that stuff would happen, like, beforehand. Mm -hmm. Once something didn't happen about Joe Burrow, which obviously that was a long shot. Right. For us to cut a deal for that one. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? But once, like, a day or two before the draft, nothing happened with the Burrow situation, I knew we weren't, nothing was going to happen. There was going to be no trade up on day. Well, I I I I wouldn't say that, like, you know, Organizations well, you, you are think influenced. they would have to have made that deal ahead of time. Oh though. yeah, long, long before, yeah. long before. Just like J- Joe Burrows didn't look surprised or shocked or hell. The, at the beginning of the broadcast, they were talking about Joe Burrows going to Cincinnati anyway before the pick was even set. You right. know, it's like right. everything's basically already slotted. And sometimes they actually do tell them, "I'm I'm picking you number one" or whatever long right. before. So it's not even an issue to, to to be to be argued about. The one thing that I thought um, was was going to be a problem is. The response that people started having, or the or the the outlash of uh, of disgust when people were rumored that the Miami Dolphins weren't going to pick a Tua mm-hmm. at the beginning of that draft, which was they're going to go if you don't, first, yeah, if you're going to pick a tackle, first, yeah. like Christ's sakes, if they pulled the old Jake Long thing again, or you know, gone they had, with to, the, they had to do it, they had to pull yeah. a quarterback, and I think a lot of that is like developed. People don't understand this. I imagine they hear it, but. There's a lot of rumors that get started within the facility in order to go ahead and get those projected, not only to find out leaks, who talks to media, who right. talks to our local Barry Jacksons and, and and the different sports writers out there. But they also do it to try to go ahead and let the other teams think they got something hot, like some hot nugget info that, that nobody else is privy to that, you know, the Miami Dolphins might be thinking of moving or changing a pick. And then obviously you're just, you know, you're throwing out bait. That's ultimate. You're chumming, ultimately. It's such a business, man. It is. Oh, that's the one thing like, about... You, like, all right, so obviously college and pro, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to see a drastic difference between the way the college ranks are run oh, and, yeah. and the pro ranks are run. You being in 100%. both, especially oh, you being a better in, what, nine years yep. you were in the NFL? Uh, nine years I did it. And uh, to be perfectly honest, what NFL does is it robs you of the love of the game because you see... You see the worst of professional sports. You see the cutting. You see the the screwing you out of contract. They see you screwing you out of money. They see them trying to push you onto the football field when you're not when you're not able to. Like you're hurt, so they'll right. drug the hell out of you. They, they oh my god, dude! The stuff that I ended up having to take sometimes was like my cocktails. I had a pregame and a halftime cocktail, and uh, and then you usually have halftime your halftime too. Oh, yeah. Like, my halftime one had a piece of tape around the middle of it. And they come in, like, little Gatorade cups. And uh, the Is pre-game. that on autopilot, all this stuff? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Your, your body, you don't feel... And it's a big joke. Like there's never, like, no, nah, I'm good. No, man. 
No, it's 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 odd. You're, you're, when I'm walking in with my suit and I got my bag over my shoulder and I drop my thing in my locker, I got my two cups already in there. Doctors have already been in the facility. They're putting everybody's pregame cocktails in their lockers. You don't need to ask for anything else. They already know. And uh, if you need more, you might have to go in and grab more. That's when you'll talk to them. But they already know your pregame routine. And it's like Vicodins, painkillers, um, Tordal, whether you're doing a shot in the ass or they're taking it with a pill. Nowadays, obviously, a lot of kids take the pills, so you don't have to go ahead and take the shot in the ass so you don't have the blood stain on your pants. But, uh, but man, oh, I remember after I spun my foot around in, in, uh, up in Seattle playing against the, the Seahawks, mm-hmm. on the way home, uh, I ended up taking eight Vicodin. I drank about a bottle of vodka, and I got a Tordal shot before I even got on the bird. And I was walking around the facility at like 3.30 in the morning saying, man, I think I'll be good for next weekend's game. I think I'm going to be all right. I think I'm going to be all right. I woke up that next day, and I, I could have sworn I wanted somebody to cut my foot off. I was like, get rid of my foot, man. This thing was so bad. Snap. Brutal. Just brutal. And I thought I was going to be able to, like, play the following week. Nah, man. I was out for, like, three or four weeks after that. Oh, my God. But, yeah, they, they doped the hell bottle out of you. Bottle of vodka. Oh, yeah. Drink a whole bottle of vodka. They doped the hell out of you. Your body, your liver, whatever. My, like You see all the anti-inflammatory lawsuits that are coming across the TV nowadays, with, right. whether it's Celebrex or Indocin or whatever it is, man, it'll just chew your insides up. So you're taking, at one point, I think I was taking about 38 pills a day between vitamins, uh, branched-chain amino acids, anti-inflammatories, painkillers. Um, you have to have everything. So Muscle relaxers. Oh, you have to, yeah, of course. I think that's probably, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that's why I ended up having like that widow maker within a year after leaving the NFL, having like that, you know, three stints in my heart and, you yeah. know, almost going down from a heart attack kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I think that played a big, big, big factor in that. I'm sorry. For what? I don't know, man. That's like, I feel like I need to say I'm sorry. That, no, that, that's, no. that's tough. My wife needs to say I'm sorry. God damn it. She's going to kill me. <laughs> You're going to kill me. God damn it. I've already told her. You only got about 10 more years left with me. You're okay. You'll be, you'll be good oh, after man. that. You'll be good after that. That's hardcore, Brett. Mm-hmm. That's it's, hardcore. Um, well, again, I think, um, I, I, hell, I've gone on record and said a lot of times, but, um, yeah, I'm not trying to push on no, topics, by the no, way. No, no, no. You know me, I got a, I got no filter yeah. in my mouth. I'm fine. Um, it is, it is one of those career paths where you kind of know what you're getting into. You know, there's no way that, right. you know, a 300 pound man can run into another 300 pound man as fast as they want to and, uh, and come out. Okay. Like how can you, how can you sit there and say headbutting a, a soccer ball full of air is the same as, you know, running into another 320 pound human being as hard yeah. as you can leading with your forehead. It's not, no. and, you know, and they're, and they're Blood trying to and bones and meat. And yeah, man, yeah. it's, it's Shit your bouncing brain around inside. Yeah. Your brain's floating around like crazy. I, I know so many guys that are the toughest dudes in the world and then they get a concussion and they're crying on the sideline. They're throwing up on themselves. I'll never forget. I almost broke down. Actually. I was doing a uh, Nick Bonacani thing at bell Harbor and mm-hmm. it was a fundraiser. And uh, me and Zach were Zach Thomas. We were walking mm-hmm. out together, and they used to call me uh, uh, Little ZT. And when I was in college, at mine because we had the same square bucket head, you know, white dudes with yeah. the square jaw and that kind of thing. Even though Zach was smaller than me, <laughs> but uh, but he knew me. I knew him, and uh, we started having you know really good conversations as I was getting older and getting into the NFL and stuff. And he kind of was my little. Little, I keep using the word little. He was kind of like um, I never was enamored or in awe of any players by any means. Even like Marino and those guys, because I was buddies with Bernie Kosar. So like Bernie and Marino were good buddies. And, uh, but I did always kind of go like, oh, there's Zach. 
You know, there's, there's Zach's Zach. Zach's a man. He's kind of like my he's like he's kind of like my older brother. You know what Zach's I mean? Zach's a man. He's cool as shit too. He's awesome, man. He's yeah. a sweetheart, man. He's a good dude. And uh, and we were we were chopping it up talking, and you know, he was asking me how my nugget is, and I was asking him how he's doing because I know he had some bad stuff going on, and he told me that there was times where he wasn't allowed. The trainers wouldn't let him sit down on the bench because if he sat down, he'd fall asleep during games in the middle of a game, just out. So he wasn't even able to sit down on the bench because he'd fall asleep. Zach was such an animal. Psycho. Crazy. I mean, crazy, like, dude. That was his burp, not my burp, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was just that was just mouth open, just uh, Yeah. I'll put the frame on there so you see did it. Zach. <laughs> you, you had the burp the burp meter, just like we do with Rhonda. <laughs> my friend Rhonda comes on the show every now and then. Oh, really? She snorts when she laughs, so we always put the snort oh, meter. Oh, I up. like that. That's cool. Yeah, so ding. That's like good one editing. time she got up to like sixteen. Oh god, that's good yeah, editing. John does all this shit. Like, yeah, it's mm. good. So all right, so all right, the funny funny well, I'm not going to tell the funny Zach Thomas story because he might come down here and just like pummel me if I tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I fear Zach Thomas. Oh, he's it's, just, it's, it's, he's it's in great shape blatant, still. Yeah, blatantly obvious. That, you know, every man should fear Zach Thomas. But okay, so we're, he did the Jimmy Johnson one year, yeah. and we, we, he fished with my buddies on OCD, which is a studio team and stuff like that. So Justin was calling me, and he's like, dude, you got to come down to Ocean, you come down to Ocean Reef tonight? I'm like, yeah, well, I have to come down there because Jimmy's got to send the guitar that I painted that year and stuff like that. So we were hanging out with Zach Thomas. I'm like, Zach, well, it's great to finally meet you. You're my all-time favorite player, which is not a lie. Right? He, he might be mine, 10, too, to be honest top with 10 you. List, he's my all-time favorite player. Right? I'm like, Zach, you know, blah, blah. I'm like, half of my PIN number, like I've had to change my PIN numbers ever <laughs> since the then because, in. Yeah, because I had, because I told the stories every time, like half my <laughs> PIN number is 54. That's awesome. Right. And he goes, I bet you the other half is 99. I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. You got to change it now. <laughs> so it was basically him and JT. Yeah. Him and JT. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So five, how many quarter. people do you think in Miami had that same PIN number? As yeah. You? Probably a lot. But yeah. Now thinking about it. I yeah. don't think it was the first time he heard that story. That's that's actually a, a great point. JT, another good dude. Like, very few and far between you'll find guys that are amazing on the football field that are putting up the numbers and the Hall of Fame credentials that, that those two individuals have and also be good people. Like, right. Zach came from a hell of a lot of money, a wealthy family, uh, got that Texas oil money, and just good. Like, his sister, the one that was married to Jason – just sweet, just good people, man. Yeah. And, and and Jason's a good dude too. You know, he's he's soft spoken. He's nice. Um, good dad. You know, he just yep. very rare you're gonna find that kind of mixture of guys, especially in that barbaric sport. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you know, we um, we quoted um, Jason Taylor on the. We did one episode back with Jeff Maggio um, a few days ago. And we kind of gave our shout out to Don Shula, mm-hmm. you know, our gratuitous shout out to mm-hmm. Does. Everyone should. Um, but I think Jason Taylor really had the best quote about Don Shula, where he, and I'm paraphrasing, where he said, Don Shula is the standard of what it means to be Miami Dolphins, what it means to wear the rock or an orange, that everyone should try to live up to. And it was kind of true. I think it was really the best way to kind of explain that is how do you sum up what Don Shula was in like, a paragraph. Right. You it's true. Because Almost can, like a eulogy. Yeah. yeah it's kind of difficult could write to do books, that. You know about the guy. Yeah. You know, I, uh, and what he meant to the Saint, to South Florida, you know, I always find it, I always find it impressive. You, you'll, you'll find more out about an individual when they die uh, than you will when they're living. Mm-hmm. And I find that because they're always going to ask somebody that is very important to the rest of the world, what they thought about that individual, especially if they were like a famous individual, you know? 
And in hearing guys like Pat Riley or Jason Taylor or, you know, Stephen Ross or even, you know, our current head coach, Brian, For- Brian Flores, that, that really doesn't know Don Shula the way that a lot of other people do in town. And you notice that Danny really never said much either because I imagine Danny is probably just shook from, from the news right. of, of hearing something like that. But hearing a guy like Pat Riley coming from the West Coast um, and, and talking about his early moments on here in South Florida as a coach and, and as, as a, a person in the office, how ultimately learning how to be uh, a Miamian, if you will, off of basically the back of what Don Shula has done. And Dan Levitard wrote an amazing article as well. As uh, he usually does. He's, he's so goddamn articulate, man. He's good, man. man. Oh, God. I sometimes, he's he's and, a treasure. I don't think people understand no, fully if he, how much of a treasure oh, he is down in South Florida, what we have in Dan, in Dan Levitard. He's a goddamn weirdo, though. Like, if you, if oh, you like, meet him in person, he's Danny, yeah, sure. Danny does not want to have a conversation. And, and ironically, when he does, my wife left the one time we were doing something. I've and, never uh, met him personally. Oh, you haven't? No. So, so my wife knows about Danny quite a bit, and uh, and we we would go to Dan's events, and uh, Dan would always come over and start wrecking me about how fat and ugly I am, and and how I got a good looking wife and stuff. But he would do it so eloquently, you know what I mean? He would he would give you every metaphor, simile, oh, just you know, yeah. pun you could think of in in a, in a three sentence fragment without and, having to use like or as. No zero, no pause in the action, <laughs> just just super articulate, very very witty. Right. And uh, my wife was like, "Does he always talk like that?" And I said, "Yeah, he talks like he's writing you a fucking story. That's the way that he is, mm-hmm. you know that." And 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 I don't know if that's just him, uh, because sometimes yes, Danny is very socially awkward. But, uh, but man, I've, I've never sat there and listened to somebody talk and have to go, what the fuck does that mean? Well, I got to go get a thesaurus right now. Like I can't figure out half the shit that he's telling me sometimes right. because his, his vocabulary is just strong. He wants to get all academia on. Oh, yeah. totally. Of course yeah. he wants to let me know that I'm a lot dumber than he is, which is, you know, That's why they the do it. Yeah, of course. Of course. But yeah, I'm like telling him sometimes, dumb it down for me, man. Like leave, leave, leave me alone with it for a minute. So I made you lose your, your track of thought because you were talking about how when people like Pat Riley and famous people oh. eulogize yeah. others. I, um, I want you to finish that thought. Yeah. It sounded like you're, you're – I interrupted you. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I tend to ramble anyway. but um, and I'm about to go for number three here. I'm so. going to have to open a, a land shark too. I'll, I'll finish my, my blue here, yeah. and then I'll, I'll so, get into that gold bottle. And then I might have to take off for the rest of the day. I always take off the rest of the day. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> And uh, so what I was saying is I, I tend to find more about people uh, from stories of others. And sometimes, you know, they might be fishing tales. You know, mm-hmm. you got to take everything with a grain of salt and everything you do in life, no matter what. Right, kind uh, of like COVID numbers. Exactly. You got to take everything. You got to just, you know, do your own homework on it, you know, think about it and, and, and make your own educated opinion on it. But, but hearing guys that don't have to say something nice do say something nice or don't have to – paint a better picture for an individual because let's face it. I know a lot of people that think that Don Shula was a total asshole as a coach, a drill sergeant. Right. And it's very hard to live that multiple personality life of being Bill Belichick on the field, but being a cool family man on the side. Like people don't know that Bill is funny as hell and badass when it comes to being. Is he really? Oh yeah, man. You know, I thought the funniest thing that happened in the entire draft was the fact that he put his dog in that chair. Do you know that Nike wanted the hell? That was they, flipping they want, they, want him, they want him on the the on dog. The, yeah, they, they want to sign him to do shit now. Come on! Oh no, they want NFL first game NFL game. They want they want that dog on the first. Oh no, dude, that Trust was the me. funniest shit. That well, that, that dog sometimes in the has entire more uh, three days. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Guys, and Bill obviously Bill's 
He kept every time he he knew when he was on of camera. He kept he walking was. off camera. Oh yeah, he said, "Fuck, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let these yeah. guys play with the dog for a minute." Yeah, he's uh, and he's 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 a good dude, man. Like people people think, especially down here in Miami, people can't stand him and they think he's a cheap well, I mean, bastard listen, and all that stuff. You saw the, the the picture that was floating around at Don Shula. It said Dolphins fifty two, Patriots nothing. When the, who put that out there? There was a picture of him and the, the assistant coach was smoking a cigarette on the sidelines. Oh really? Show, when we get out of here, I'll show. I'll bring oh, really? my computer. I'll show. Oh, I I'll show it to you, right? Yeah, it, it's like the most epic to, Don Shula fall. So here, people forget how bad the Patriots used to be. Like, they oh, used to be I, horrible. Oh, of course, even, even when I was playing, worst team in the league. When Drew Bledsoe yeah, was just their quarterback. before Drew, that, that's yeah, when it all man. turned, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the Miami Dolphins still hold the all-time record against them. That's how flipping bad they used to be. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. That's cool. That's cool. I. uh I know because you always got to take everything again with a grain but of salt. So, so, now those, so now everyone's the, the Dolphin fans are like, oh, Belichick and Brady. And it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's like a one shot deal. And then Brady like kept winning and Belichick kept winning. And it was like, you sons of bitches can't do this. Yeah, that, that two headed monster. They, yeah. So, yeah, we hate them. I could see that. And the New York, you know? too, is another one. And too, again, right? this goes down to the, the fan perspective, the pro perspective. So you might look at things differently. I think I look at things way. differently. Then even a lot of the like professional athletes out there, like I, not only do you look at it as like a paycheck and whoever pays your mortgage, that's who you're a fan of. Right. But my allegiances are more, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before too, like on the radio and stuff is I just love dudes. I like, like for instance, I'm a huge fan of your art now because I got to hang out with you. And, and aside from obviously seeing it earlier on, like, you know what I mean? Going to Jimmy Johnson's thing mm-hmm. and seeing, I'm like, Oh hell, this is freaking badass art. But now that I know you more and know you as a person, I'm a huge fan now. And I feel like that's the way, I think that's the way a lot of people should approach things in life is don't be putting people up on a goddamn pedestal. Like never meet your heroes kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Because uh, totally. heaven forbid some kid goes up there and asks for an autograph and, you know, the guy yells at him and barks at him, tell him to get the hell away. And then now that kid goes away, tells his parents, his parents tell 50 other people and you know how word spreads. Yep. And that guy could have just been having a bad day. So I'm a big fan of people. I'm a big fan of teams because I know a couple guys on that team and I love those guys more than anything. And I think that's one thing that you can go ahead and hang your hat on as a, as an athlete is it's not so much of the game that you're missing. It's, it's the relationships of the guys in the locker room. The fact that you don't have to abide by, you know, human resources rules in in real world. You know what I mean? The fact that you can be above it all. It's just, it really is a fairy tale that that lifestyle is, like being able to go to work, perfect example, being able to go to work and to kill time in the office, taking tensor bandage wraps, wrapping it around my deal and running up over to the linebackers, which mind you, that linebacker section, predominantly dark, very rare. You're going to get a white dude in that linebacker section. You know what I mean? Right. It's predominantly all the black dudes. Right. And I'll run up there and I'll just tape my deal up and act like I got a bat going on. And I'm like asking them if they want to play wiffle ball. You can't do that in corporate America. You know what I mean? You just can't do stuff like that. So this is this is where I enjoyed oh, football. Man. And then another one was. The third uh, beer is where we get them, John. The third beer is where it all happens. And another one is everybody knows about my famous Thanksgiving Day uh my Thanksgiving Day football game is usually if, if you're in season and, uh, and and the team is is active and they're not playing on Thursdays or whatever the Thanksgiving would be on. Um, it's usually Thursday right here in America, right? Yes. Yeah. And in Canada, <laughs> we got different Thanksgiving. My our, our Thanksgiving is, is like in the a, day after. Ours is in like around my birthday in October, like tenth or eleventh or is something it? like that. And then you guys got the November twenty something or others. I thought there was one holiday where we had like one. That's day Memorial. Day. That's the one coming up. We got. Oh, okay. Canadian, right, yeah, yeah, Canadian yeah, Victoria 20, Day yeah, yeah, is a right. week before Memorial. So, gotcha. Yeah, that's how that works out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like everything that travels down the St. Lawrence River, you know, 
they stopped. Christopher Columbus stopped in Canada first, you know, took that place over a little bit and then came down. And a couple weeks later, he's down here. So you guys get the Columbus Day and all that other stuff, too. So, uh, yeah. Uh, burp number two that just happened. You, you ripped another one off? Yeah, I did. Congratulations. I, did. I tried to let that one go like a... Oh, it's just straight air. Yeah. Just COVID. But I have. Got it. <laughs> just COVID. Just COVID came out the mouth. Um, but, but yeah, like my Thanksgiving day game was, uh, was impressive because we would end practice early and, you know, the team would let you get home and get out and spend Thanksgiving with your family. So you'd do about a half a day on those Thursdays if you weren't playing. And, uh, and I usually came out as the referee. But what they didn't know is I would come out with my, my shirt cut in half. So I'd have my straight, my gut hanging out. I would have... Uh, we have pictures have, of this, I've right? Had, I, well, all, the crazy thing is, is this is like, you know, back in the, the 2008 through 2012, and I would legitimately cut the whole crotch of my shorts out. <laughs> and I'm running out with like a whistle, hot pink shirt, doing cartwheels <laughs> across the field. And, and the media members are there too, just like, Jesus Christ, Romberg, again. <laughs> but it got to the point where, you know, people were looking forward to the Thanksgiving game, you know, and I'm talking about on the practice field. Is this in Canada? No, this was for the Falcons. Oh, was oh, yeah, this was a, this was in the NFL, man. We used to, <laughs> man, I, I used to get away with a lot of stuff over there. Who and are you blocking for in Atlanta then? Matt Ryan. Who was it? Matty. That was early on yeah. in Matt Ryan. Yeah, that was well, Matt's Devontae Freeman year. wasn't there yet, though, right? No, Devontae ended up going there after I left. And uh, it was like Michael Turner, Jarius Norwood was our running backs. Right, 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 right. Uh, just yeah. after the Dirty Bird. Yeah, I was going to say, no before. Dirty Bird. Probably after the Dirty Bird. Yeah, but, after yeah. the Dirty Bird. Uh, Matt's second year. I never got Michael Vick either. Uh I like, saw that dude make a throw down here Vic, oh, Vic in person. Sick rocket, man. Sick. Crazy slinger. I'm Crazy. serious. It, um, listen, I know that dude's done a lot of amazing things in his career. Whatever uh-huh. opinion you have of Michael Vick, it's probably justified, right? I heard it from everybody, word of mouth, everybody in that facility loves Michael Vick. Sm- like, smoking great dude, sweetheart, very nice and giving. And I'll tell everybody now, he had no clue about what was going on in that house. Because oh, I really? lived in that neighborhood. Really? And it wasn't him that lived there. It was all his boys that lived there. Come on. Mike lived somewhere else. So Mike had no clue what was going on over there. Nothing. What? Yeah, man. He just just took it. Breaking news, man. Just took it, man. Just took it. This poor bastard. Just shook my head. You ask a lot of people at that Falcons facility. Michael Vick's a good dude. You'll never hear really bad words about spoken about Michael Vick unless you get it from the dog people, you know? For real. I'm, oh, a, big, I'm, I'm a big dog lover, too. I'm a big dog lover, too. I believe you before I believe any media member. Yeah, man. You kidding me? Mike was a good dude. All right, uh, that's settled. Yeah. So, but I saw this dude make throw. Sick, isn't it? He came in in the middle of the game. Was it for the Eagles or? It, uh, or was it when he was with the Falcons? It might have been. No, you're right. It was, was with it was with the Eagles. That's right. It's when the Eagles played the Dolphins. And by the way, listen, I'm going to go on record and say the Eagles are fans are sons of bitches. They're, they're brutal. They're the worst freaking oh, fans brutal. in the NFL. Philly. Philly, when, man. When the Dolphins, when, the, when Philly comes to town. They bring the fucking D-cell batteries, dude. <laughs> they start singing batteries. Oh, yeah, I've been hitting the head with a battery or They're two. bad. Mm-hmm. Right? So but I saw Michael Vick come in in the middle of the game. I don't even know the hell the quarterback was for Philly at the time. But he comes and just scrambled. It was just like a broken play mm-hmm. completely. Scrambled right, scrambled left, and just, I swear to God, he threw this thing like this. 60 yards. Right into the dude's bread basket. Touchdown. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a reason why they made the Michael Vick experience for the Super Bowl. That wasn't human. 
I was there in the stadium. I was sitting in the end zone seats, fifth row of the end zone. My, it was my sister's season tickets, and I was like, I saw that from the ground level. I saw that thing rise and fall right in that dude's lap. I was like, you got to be kidding me. With the flick of a wrist. I've seen that guy on his yeah. knees on a goal line, you know, throwing almost the length of a football field. It's insane. Dude, it was incredible. It's crazy. Really crazy. And then his brother apparently was supposed to be better. I think his name was Marcus or something like that. Yeah, Marcus mm-hmm. Vick, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't the case, though. No. no. They always say that, too, about, you know, nothing. no, no offense against Eli Manning, but when Eli Manning was coming up, yeah, I, yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, he's better than his brother. He's better than his brother." They said that he's like, well, he wasn't really better than his brother. He was good, but he wasn't yeah. better than his brother. A couple Super Bowls and stuff. I'm not going to knock the guy. Uh, he's yeah. a good dude. Old lazy eye Eli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate you talking to NFL football with me. My pleasure. Because you know, good reference. I'm a good frame of reference. Fan versus you know pro, not always doesn't always equate there, but sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to teach me how to eat this wing. Where's your, where you, let me see the two knuckles. I got, you got the flat, on. right? Yeah. Oh, right there. You can see that dark part right there. You see that dark part? Yeah. Grab Peel that dark that part and rip that thing. Maybe even twist it. Pull it, okay. pull it to the side a little bit right here and just twist. Immediately twist it right now. Did I do that wrong? No, you're okay. Wrong. That's fine. That's good enough. All right. So just. Yeah, you can just put, yeah, break that thing right. apart. There you well, go. There's right. the one in. Gonna... And then now with, with your end where you got your fingers right now, kind of gristle the meat away from the bone a little bit. Okay. So yeah, you can double hand that bad boy. Okay, kind of yeah. shimmy it away. Oh, come to pop up. Oh, and then yeah. now you just dip on that one side, just like that. Same thing with the teeth and the rake. Look at that. Isn't, isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I know you invited me here for favorite. something. I knew you invited me here for something. <laughs> my claim of fame now. Yeah, there you go. Brett Romberg taught me how to eat a chicken wing. How finally. To just assault that wing. Yeah, well done. So what do you got here, you little uh, little swordfish bill, huh? Mm-hmm. You fishing a lot? Uh, not as much as I want to be, but yeah, I guess enough. Yeah, I was uh, I was supposed to do a big, big, nice sale, especially just after that guy got seventy three sales in the keys. I was supposed to go like two days later, but then I had to come back up here to Miami because because uh, the wife wanted to go ahead and do something back here with the kids, so I missed out on my nice little. And they've been killing it; they've been crushing it. Sales have been crazy out there. Wahoo's been nuts. Yeah, I know it's grouper now, and people are lighting up the groupers, man. And I love. Tunas. I really love grouper fishing. Yeah, tunas are killing it too right mm-hmm. now. Our friend John, I gotta give a shout. Actually, I gotta give a shout out to the Matic with the 180, 186, 183, something 180 like that. something yellowfin we'll tuna. It up, yeah, right, right off of uh, Hillsborough. Yeah, so I'll, 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 this, so they said they hooked it in Deerfield Pier. No shit. You fought it for four hours. Like drag, 120 feet out, of water. In 120 feet of water, it dragged it out to bait. about 1,300 feet. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing the situation. I might have a few of those in, that bits of information wrong, um, but that's the general consensus. 180-something um, pounder? Yeah, but you got to understand, Timmy Maddock is um, one of the greatest fishermen Pompano Beach has ever seen. I've, uh, my, that's what I was going to ask you. Why do I know that name? Yeah, Tim Maddock. Um, vitamin C is the name of the boat. Um, but he's fished a lot with, you know, OCD and Matt White and the mm-hmm. crew and stuff like that. Um, but regarding, like, um, greatest anglers Pompano Beach has ever seen, uh-huh. Timmy Maddox in there. He, top 10, easy. Top 5. Do you find it shitty that you guys got to drive out so far, though, in order to get off a shelf here? Like, is, is that a pain in the ass or is it just something you just get you're accustomed to at this point in time? Is you got to drive so far out there in order to get deep? No, no, no. It's It's actually not that bad. Um, because we have a lot of guys on here that come down from Maryland and you know oh, stuff like so that, where they're driving it. sixty miles out. Yeah, 
you know, but honestly, we're putting the kites up two miles out, you know, 130 feet of water, yeah. you know, to 200 right. feet of water to, to catch the kings and stuff like that in tournaments with what, the uh, blackfins. What is your favorite eating one? Obviously, you're going to have your eating. reef ones. Yeah, but what right. about like what about the big ones, like the wahoos, the kings? Wahoo's Wahoo's is my favorite. favorite eating fish. Wahoo and yellowfin tuna are my two favorite eating fish. What about, I, a, what about a blackfin? You ever into those? I'll, you know what? I love black because I, I had that. The, the, I had a couple of black fin loins the other day. I rolled around with some sesame and really, black really fins good. like really kind of like good. a. It's really just not as fatty fish. as a as a yellowfin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I found too. Right, that's the, the meat. thing. It's it's a pretty much pretty akin. You know what I mean? It's just not as much meat. Yeah. It's really all it is because they're a smaller fish. Yeah, you know yeah. you're going to get a black fin. Your large black fin's going to be about thirty pounds. They're around now right. too. The yeah. 25 to 30 pounders yeah. are out there. Now's the time to go get yeah. them. Yeah, I grabbed uh, down in Island Marada last time I went out. I grabbed uh, grabbed a couple of those. Um, we had uh, we were really going. We were trolling for Wahoo on the way out. Never got anything. I mean, we might have been going a little bit too slow. Uh, and then uh, and then we ended up getting a couple a couple of them little black fins hit hit the lines. And then uh, we, we kind of ran the hump a little bit, but. It was during the time that there was like freaking so many boats out there. It was it was like literally yeah, playing bumper cars. Yeah, it was playing bumper cars you out there. You get a lot of those little blackfin on that hump too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what that's what we scored. Chew, they'll chew you up yeah, all there, day long. There wasn't yeah. much going on. And then yeah. I tried to, you know, with the wife and kids, I tried to go ahead and do the yellowtail thing. We'll go mm-hmm. just right near alligator light, kind of right around that latitude mark yeah. on the side, and and uh, and you know we try to go ahead and anchor up with about 70, 80 feet of water and chum the water a little bit, but it got weird with the funky wind and the current at that point in time where like it would take our chum underneath the boat and it wasn't, there was never, the stars were never aligning, I guess you uh-huh. could say to do the whole uh, yellow tail thing and uh, thingy, but, um, but it was good, man. The kids love it. Mama grabbed herself, uh, mama grabbed herself a grouper out there, which is nice. And I was like, I kept telling her, she was like, I keep, I keep getting hooked on the rock. And I was like, hell no, you ain't hooked on the rock. <laughs> that thing's burying you in the rock. Go grab the damn thing. Put your, put your thumb on the reel right. and start cranking. Put immediately. Some heat on that thing. I told her, I was like, you want me to tighten the drag on that bad boy for you or what? She's like, leave me that fuck alone. You're not the fisherman. I was like, oh, relax. Calm down, Nellis. Relax, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah. She's, uh, she's actually, I, I would, I'd be comfortable with saying she, she loves fishing more than I do. Like yeah. she's a princess. Good-looking smoke show Cuban girl that you would figure would never want to get dirty. This chick never wants to get dirty doing anything. She'll get bloody in a boat in a heartbeat. Yeah. Loves fishing. Lo- grew up fishing. She grew up going to the Keys. Her family had uh, had some uh, had some. She's home. A Miami girl. Yeah, local Miami girl, and uh, grew up going on the weekends to uh, Port Antigua. That's where they had a house down there, right by the lobster traps and the mm-hmm. fish house kind of areas further down. Maybe I don't know, 76, 75 mile marker, maybe. So, oh shit! How about that? Speak about that. You hear about the kid that uh, stabbed his little brother up and, and tried to kill his old man the other day in Isla Morada? No. What? Yeah, man, manhunt. They ended up sent Miami Dade had to send the cops down there too to go ahead and try to shut everything down. Oh, they were looking for this really? kid for twenty four hours. Yeah, he uh, he was a troubled seventeen year old kid. I don't know if it's bad to talk about him or not. Anyway, troubled seventeen year old kid uh, ends up killing his fourteen year old brother, stabs him to death, and then goes after the old man. Hits the old man in the neck. And then just disappears. So there was like helicopters, boats, cars, Miami Dade police, it's like bloodline like, shit. Oh, like for real? Sh- they shut the keys were already shut down, but they literally Founders Park with all the helicopters going right. over and landing and everything was was crazy because it was right between mile marker eighty five and like just past my house, just after Snake Creek eighty nine, eighty you know ninety, yeah. or sorry the other way down right? It'd be like eighty four, eighty two. Um, 
and they were just hunting that kid. And then at night, he came running out of the park and tried to commit suicide by jumping in front of a vehicle he was on the in main Founders? drag. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was in Founders the whole time? Yeah, just hiding. And then he tried to he tried to commit suicide jumping in front of a vehicle, and they ended up bringing up to Miami. I don't know what his deal is now. But, yeah, man. Oh, just, they caught him. Yeah, they got him. Yeah, they got him. They brought him back up to Miami. But it was, like, big news in the Keys, obviously, because nothing really else is going on down there. Well, I, you know, it, my wife and I were just talking about that last night. Like, you're hearing, like, the obscure, weird story from California because there's nothing else going on. Zero. Yeah. So they're reporting literally everything. Everything. They're looking happens. for a new story right now, man. Yeah, they're they, looking they might for be it. reporting my two burps on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I man. mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's really, really not. Hell, man, I do a sports show and I talk about COVID half the damn time. It's like, it's just sad. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so sad. You, you, like, if you find like the, you got to talk about that, like mostly. Yeah. Unfortunately, because I always get pissed off and, and this is, I'm still, I still really don't know what the hell I'm doing when it comes to uh, the broadcasting world. But half the time I look I at, you do. I think you I, do a pretty well, outstanding job. I look at I, I look mean, at you the, know Dan Levitar, but no, hell no, no, God no, I'm not a lyricist, hell no. Uh, but like guys that like have been doing radio for a long time, I'll sit there and I'll look at them, and they'll want to talk about some of the stupidest. And this is why I'll try to never label myself as a media guy. Is I can't stand half of the dumb clickbait topics that they try to. That's create. it. They want to go with like the bleeds the leads kind of topics. Yeah, right? the stupid shit. I just nothing could be further from a discussion that I want to have than trying to compare this guy versus this guy if this year was playing that year if if he was on that team and, and just but he wasn't right i'm not a ifs and buts and candy and nuts kind of guy you know right. what I mean? it's and like oj would be so exactly <laughs> man i just i just i'm not interested i just man i i got a lot more shit going on in my life and i got a lot more to worry about than trying to do the ifs and buts thing you know yeah that's why i like i like the whole the man structure i appreciate that thing that that that's going on it's not just like Sports talk radio. Because yeah. we have like a similar mindset here where we're like, well, I mean, I don't want it to be a fishing show. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be like, yeah, we're going to talk fishing. And most of the people that I have on the show are like fishermen yeah. for the most part. But you don't want to isolate. We're trying it. to get a little bit underneath this situation. Totally. Here, you know what I mean? And I'm the it, same way, man. It. We're just hanging out, drinking beer, eating wings, and, you know, we're that's just it. like, get real. That's that's what I kind of like when I had the, the thought of doing this was. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about three. goddamn tennis. I don't want to talk about if if there's something really cool that happened in a tennis match that I that might interest me. I don't want to have to talk about something. Got to be special. It does, man. Yeah. I just you know. Although I, I'll say this. Everybody knows this too. I'm not like a giant fan of sports. You know, right, I just right. I played them. Right. You know, but I'm just a giant fan of man. Like whatever floats your boat. Fishing, drinking, smoking, chicks. Beers, wings, girl. Hell, I think a lot of a lot of the women that used to work in my wife's office. So my wife's an attorney. Hell, they would listen to my show all the time because I would mm-hmm. talk about how dumb men are sometimes. You know how stupid we are and what we we're are expecting. very dumb. Okay, just horrible. We're yep, the simple. We're very stupid. But I would tell them like, "Hey, man, like when we ask you, grab me a beer. Just we're not looking for you to you know cure cancer or <laughs> we're not looking for any kind of other thing other than just." Grabbing a goddamn beer. Right. Whereas if you ask um, us to grab a beer, you think we're thinking this and thinking that. It, 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 we're yep. just we're we're simple dumb cavemen. That's, that's it. it. It's just like we want to uh, anything you want with that beer. Uh, no, nope, just the beer. We might want to watch you go up and get it. You know right. what I mean? Depending on what's going on, but uh, we're not sitting. Yeah, and I, and I feel like I've always been 
somewhat of a meathead caveman. And but I've learned now with like the three daughters, the wife. To, to, That's a game changer, isn't it? Oh God, I have a yeah. nine-year-old daughter. To, to operate hey, a little bit more I say now. progressively. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I grew up around boys, obviously, my whole life. Lived in a locker room my whole life. So I've never been sensitive to to women or the female species. So I'm learning. My, I'm still, trust me, I'm still struggling. Yeah, Every, at the end of the day, I think really just we just want you to hum happy birthday to us. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's all we want, right? I mean, that, is that, that, well, is that well, what it comes you down to? You want to hear something funny. My, my wife has been uh, giving me a hard time lately because I've, I've, I've liked to sit downstairs and, and watch TV a little bit at the end of my night, at the end of my day. Right. And she's always like, you want to come to bed? And I'm like, no, nah, for what? Like, I want to do two things in bed, bro. You know, I only want to do two things in that thing. <laughs> it's I sleep and you know what the other one is. Right. Do I want to lay there and cuddle and watch TV? No. Chances are no. No, I'll do that down here as as I can do it by myself and not have to give you a back scratch as I'm doing it. I'd rather, you know, if you want to give me a scratch something. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, man, I'm about as just simple as simple can be. My, I'm not complicated. And the amount of stupid scraps that, that men and women get into – at the end of the, it's just oh god, it's just such an energy. It's not worth it, man. Energy vampire. Type short memory. Of, Whoever came up with the whole the short memory. Oh yeah. The key to like a good marriage is, is that's it. My uh, I'll never forget. My friend looked at me and he goes, uh, "I just keep telling my wife, you gonna divorce me over it? No, okay, then leave me alone. Yeah. Like is is it worth having this miserable argument right now to where you're gonna go to bed pissed off? I'm gonna go to bed not giving a shit. You're gonna wake up the next day expect an apology that I'm not ready to give. Are you are you that mad at me about it? No? Okay. Then, like, let, let's worry about something else then. Like, right. let, let's try to solve our financial issues or create something together as opposed to just bickering back and forth. And I do sound like an asshole, but I am an asshole. Like, I, I li- like literally, I I'll wear know. the hat. There's a difference between asshole and realist. I, right? do, I just don't have time or patience for stupid shit that you want to bicker over. To be honest, I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a bickering type of person. I don't want to create a fight. I'm a big uh, picture guy. Totally. Macro. Yeah. Not a micro you know, guy. And sometimes I get criticized for it, but I'm a big picture guy. I'm like, listen, like in the grand scheme of this, what does this matter? I always take that stance. What I love is, um, is the shit that I get in the morning or getting yelled at, or we're scrapping it out. And all of a sudden family comes over for a day and it's all freaking smiles after that champagne's flowing. She'll yeah. walk by, grab my ass in the kitchen. There you go. And I'm just like, so you're telling me all that shit you were pulling in the morning about yelling and barking Jedi and screaming. Tricks, just, brother. Like, why? I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I, I imagine, you know, the minute that men figure this out, much like, oh, who do you think is going to get figured out first, women or COVID? It's a freaking question no, there's no, of there's all no time. Ch- there's no chance that women get figured out first. <laughs> it's been like the, the Oh, well, we got that virus thing down, if that's the case, and we're picking between the two. The question of life itself, right? Everybody wants to know the meaning of life. Figure out what the hell women want. That's the meaning of life, and you'll be happier. If you understand what they want, and they'll always say, all I want to be is loved or appreciated. Or Is that even true? No, no. No. Oh, is that why you got that $4,000 purse is because you want to feel loved and appreciated? Okay, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that, that, that purse is giving always, you a lot of appreciation. I always think about the Kobe thing, right? With, that that with, diamond ring when she showed up. Ring, that, when that, that, we got that, that fixed that whole scenario, oh, didn't it? it? Did. Yeah, of course. There's a reason, man. I'm, I, I, tell my, I tell my wife all the time, I said, you're good looking enough. To where you're going to kill me here in about in the next 10 years. You're going to just 
run me right into the ground. I'm going to be done. I'm going to be chalked out. My batteries are going to go. I'm done. I'm out. I'll be, ch- and you'll still be good looking enough. You'll still be good looking enough. You might have three baggages with you. You might have the kiddos with you, but you'll be, you'll be good looking enough that you could move on and upgrade and get something bigger and better or whatever. They you don't got need going us. On. They don't. They, I, women, women know that we need them a lot Why are more they than here? they I'm telling you, man, we're getting deep. Today's getting deep. <laughs> We went, from, I mean, we went from beers and wings to finding out the <laughs> philosophy of women now. I mean, yeah. You know, when, um, before my wife and I got married, we, she got into a little fender bender and I had to leave work early to meet her down at the Dixie tracks in Deerfield, so mm-hmm. wherever it happened, like the CVS there. And the cop, there was like some BSO sheriff. He was like in his sixties. He was like probably ready to retire. Right. And, um, you know, she, she, he was like, well, what did the guy look like? You know, like he cared. <laughs> right? He ran out. She goes, well, she's like, well, he was like six foot tall. He was a Haitian guy. And he's like, all right. So he straight up told us, he's like, well, the dude's probably not even a registered citizen, so we don't even think we're going to find him. Didn't even bother. Right? You know what I mean? So she's like, so he's like, you two, because she, she had told him that, oh, yeah, my fiancé is coming. So he's like, it's your fiancé. She goes, you got to bet ready to get married. And he goes, let me put some value to the situation for you. Right? <laughs> I'm like, value. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's only a fender bender. No big mm-hmm. deal. He goes, let me give you some advice. I've been married for 35 years. He goes, don't ever tell each other what to do. Right? Okay. He goes, instead, say, you might want to consider. Like, I think Rather I, than you might want to, he's like, now, if you want someone to go get you a beer, you might want to consider going to get me a beer. That, that, that's, that's good advice because. Right, because it gives them the option to accept or deny the scenario totally. rather than being told. And I said, that, and we still say this to this day, you might want to consider shutting the hell up. That's good. Right? That's good. And it works. That's good. It, it, has a it puts a little smile to it too. Right. Of course. Um, I, I don't think I've ever told my wife to grab me anything, to be honest with you. I've never I'll never say that. Hold on a minute. Let me retract that statement. I have, I have probably asked her in the last month, month and a half for her to do me a favor once or twice. Like to be perfectly honest, I don't ask anything at my house. I don't ask other than my kids to like be quiet or whatever. I don't, I don't ask her. I've never asked her to cook me a meal. I've ever asked her to make me a drink. I've never asked her to grab me a beer. I've never asked her to load the boat. I've never asked her to do anything. I just assume that I am the one that's going to have to do it. And I just take care of it and do it. Mm-hmm. But I literally will have a laundry list of about 15 different things that I've been asked to do or told to do that day. And usually it's accompanied with the word we. Brett, we need to do this. We need that's to do that. So and, I, and I ask her, I'm like, so you speak French now, huh? You right, speak right, French. Right. There's no we. You got a mouse you in your pocket? French. No, no, you don't. So there is no we, really. This is like, you want me to do this. And I'll stop her, and that pisses her off. All the, Brett, you know what we really need to do? And I'll look at her, and I'm like, what do we really need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's just like, whatever. You. Okay. You know, she knows by now. You know, the reason, the real reason I wanted to come back to the studio is because I wanted the honey list, honey-do list to be done. Bro, it's it's tough. It's tough sledding. Yeah. Toss sled. And you man. notice how I wait till like later in the podcast to like mention this kind of <laughs> yeah. shit. You got you blame it on booze too, you right? Blame it on because beer. like she'll probably only listen to like the first twenty minutes. She'll get tired. Of it. Yeah, she'll get tired of it. So now I can. Now we're at the point of the podcast. I can say whatever the hell I want. Sounds like my sex life. <laughs> she's not gonna. She's not gonna listen to any of this. Like once we get past the twenty minute mark, she's done. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, the honeydew list is That's is good. over now that I, I have the excuse of being back at the studio. 
get you work too, man. Get you back to work. Right. And and she's an artist as well too, which she's is pretty an cool artist. to learn. Yeah, she's yeah, she's an artist too. So so painting this shit pays the bills, huh? That's amazing. And it's something that you love to do too, which is really really cool. I got to be a hundred percent honest with you. If I just sat back and did paintings all day long, we wouldn't last a month. Really. Well, I mean, we our business is structured around doing custom service for boats well, and different ultimately things like it's, that. That's it's what your brings printing and stuff like that too. Yeah, right? it's the printing and services, and we built a business. Well, you so know it's what I mean? not it's not just the the art itself. It's it's every so you guys oh, do everything full circle. I did not know we that. we are a one stop shop concierge business. We handle everything. You're a boater. You want to come to us? You say, hey, Dennis, I need shirts for my boat. We'll do the art. We'll I do didn't the shirts, know we'll that. Hats, we'll do everything. Yeah, that's what we. No that's way. our business. Well, that's how I pay the bills. I didn't. Right? I, thought it was just, I thought eats. you were just drawing pictures, man. If I sat back and just waited for people to say, "Yeah, I'll buy that one," no shit, we'd be in for a long See, day. I learned something. You, they sell. You'll find you when you go walk through. You won't find one original in my studio because they all sell. However, when you run a small business, you're counting like days. You're counting yeah. weeks. You're counting. You know, you got to have like you got to make sure so I have employees. I got to pay, pay for the goddamn you microphone. I, mean? here I can't too. just. I can't just have all my employees like. Yeah. Is it going to sell this week? Yeah. It's like no. I, I did not know that. So, That's so cool. there's a better. There's like there's a there's a way. I figured it out over all these years. I figured it out uh, how to run. You powder a, a you good powder coat any uh, living. you you powder coat any Yetis or anything like that either or no? You wrap yeah, any we, Yeti we, we cups do everything. Stuff? We don't want you to go anywhere. We do everything. Cool. Are like, you involved in Pilar too? Are you a so an investment guy in Pilar? No. So here's the thing. That was subtle. They gave me free rum. No. They That's gave good. me no. They well they gave me free rum. At the Jimmy Johnson. Sold. And they gave me this nice little Cute. wood transom sign. I like it. And I said, I think that would look good on my on my would. podcast yeah. table. And they said, yeah, well, here you go. And here's an extra few bottles of rum, and they paid me off with liquor. And you got Captain America That's how you get me every too. time. Mm-hmm. I got Captain America there. I got a little Jeff Conine. A couple of Jeff Conines. Goddamn Baby Shark, huh? Kellogg's came out with some Baby Shark cereal? <laughs> when that happened? So Ron, Rhonda brought that in. The one I said, the snort meter runner. That's phenomenal. All right, so this is my my Jeff Conine All Star, right? Holy when, when the Marlins used to I, play I at the have, death of Joe Robbie. I do have some uh, some bobbleheads too. Yeah, and we I, got Ricky Williams I, over I, there I, too. I got Ricky. Holy smokes! Right. Who's the other guy? Who's the, oh, the, the other another, the other it's another Jeff Conine. I got I got a Miguel Cabrera too in my parents' house. I got to bring Miggy. Well, hold on, I got to show you this one. They done they done gave Ricky. They gave Ricky that Carmel skin. <laughs> Look at that. Do they appro- Do they let players approve these uh, bobbleheads, or they just go ahead and make them? I don't know. I want to make one of me. Look, you, there's a guy in West Virginia that I know that makes these figurines. Is it really? That are pretty badass. He they made a lot of these. One. We don't keep it on the table. How come? Because when people playing uh, their hand, it makes uh, a lot of noise. So I keep that. Yeah, it wobbles a little bit. So. You know, uh, you got a Romberg bobblehead? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Can you make one for me? I'm going to put it on the table. Dude, the, the, the guy in West Virginia, like legitimately make, makes you figurines for like 50, 60 bucks. And they're really? freaking from, I'm gonna from make the a tape around my fingers to the, the, the shoe I was wearing to the band around my one knee. No, no, he's really? just, he always, oh, he's, he's on point, man. He's, he, he'll make that thing in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's badass. Right, I'm going to, I'm going to make a romper. You know, you know, the rest of the uh, NHL thought that Yager was a big tool. The toolbox from his like overachieving. I'm gonna stick around the facility all day long because I got nothing else going on in life. This bobblehead? No, him himself. Oh, him. <laughs> well, I mean, I it, really kind of. Everybody never... was like, "Hang it up, man! Like, give it, give it up, dude!" Like, we. I get thought it. the we whole like him hard. coming to the Panthers is just a novelty, hundred percent. 
He was productive for the one year though, right? Wasn't he? He like he didn't didn't he? He, do, like, he, really he did things? okay, but he was getting fed a lot of cherries. Yeah, he was. But you know the um, I just I just looked at it. Hey, we Yager's on the team. We had nothing else going on at the time. Didn't they just play the other night too? It was like a part of the '95 or '96 playoffs or something like that. Did they really? Yeah, and I remember '96 was our year. Yeah, and they showed our the only game. year. They showed them the, against uh, Pittsburgh. And we had Pavel Bury. You know, that was, it. that was it. That's our claim to fame. We had '96 and Pavel Bury. My uh, my hometown provided some uh, some good hockey relief for you guys. We got uh, Ed Jovanovski, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Ekblad, the Jovo Cop. Yeah, Ekblad here now. First pick, two first picks in the NFL uh, NHL draft came from my hometown. You big for you hockey guys. fan? Yeah, yeah. I grew up. Uh, hell, did you play? One year, but uh, but all my bu- in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my good buddies are. I was mainly a baseball player though. I didn't even want to play football. I was mainly baseball. But uh, yeah, I was my, always a baseball player too. All my good buddies are uh, crazy hockey players. So. Hockey players are the best athlete there is out there. In terms of, like, the coolest professional athlete there is, Right, hockey all day long. They're the best. I don't think I've ever really met a hockey player that wasn't really I, cool. Yeah, yeah, neither have I. I used to see Gord Murphy all the time. Oh, at really? The, at the bank. Yeah, oh, yeah? Right up on Wiles Road. Right? Okay. Because they, they all used to live, like, in, like, Parkland and, like, uh-huh. Springwoods and, like, stuff up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I used a big to spot. see Gord Murphy at the, at the and, hey, Gord, you know, whatever. Uh, I, yeah, I met, uh, he I met, was just always cool. I met Thornton the other day. Uh, he's a good dude. Funny, funny guy. Uh, still involved with the Panthers organization, so I can't mm-hmm. say anything bad. I don't want him to lose his job, but yeah, yeah, he's he's a good dude. Sean, right Sean's on. a good guy. Yeah, he's a good right guy. On. So we good? Yeah, man. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty fun. To be honest with you, I was excited. I'm glad I came up here. Fuck, it took me four and a half years to get up here. But yeah, you know, we're kind of the Great White North up here. <laughs> it is. It really was like I just ended up coming back to Canada. I imagine how many Ontario license plates you guys got up here? A Quebec, lot, a lot. Quebec and Ontario. When I went to art Je school, Jamais Souvien. Listen, when I went to um, I went to art school in Sarasota, mm-hmm. and on the West Coast, it's all French Canadian yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you come through Sarasota, it says "Welcome to Sarasota." This is Bienvenue. Yeah, you're kidding me. Yeah, no way. Yep. That's how many Does Canadians they have are there? that much of a Canadian influence Holy like in the winter? Shit. Is that why the Tampa Bay Lightning have such a massive uh, hockey following up there? Yeah, Obviously, probably. aside from the fact that they're really, really good. They're good now, yeah. Wow, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, and, and if you when Montreal comes and plays here, it's just like a madhouse. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah you get the Hab fans coming in here. Yeah. I see a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys as well. They're coming to, uh, coming yeah. to town quite a bit. What Have you ever thought about moving to the West Coast, golf side, or you you you, you lotty dotty to the rest of your life? I mean. Broward County, shout out, 954. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a following here. You know what I mean? So we'll stick is there, is there, is there a, I like the St. Augustine area, too. Really? Do you really? I do. No way. Yeah. I don't know. I like the history. Uh, first, what is it? First city in uh, in Florida, yeah, right? I like all that. It's got a nice coastline. They got Ripley's, yeah. believe it or not, over there still? Probably. I think they still got yeah, the there's a big heavy tourist thing going yeah. on in that little pirate golf, street. Golf right. community over there, too, as yeah. well. Yeah, so I don't know. kind of like it. St. Augustine, huh? So you would never do the West Coast, the Gulf side? Is there, is there a frill over there on the west side or, or who? Uh, my brother lives in Bradenton. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he an artist too or no? No. No. He's actually he's a school teacher. So, and, uh, but and he, I don't he know. likes it over there? Yeah, it's cool. It's different, man. Is you it? Tell me mean? about it because I was like, I contemplated at one point in time moving on it's that side. It's kind of like it's less developed and more laid back. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of older population. Slower, huh? Yeah, it's a lot of old people. Um, there's, so there's like kind of like this weird dichotomy of like old people and young people now because the people were moving over there, um, at the time, at least like 10 years ago, the property values were a lot lower. So people were like being attracted. Now that it's kind of leveled off, mm-hmm. the property values are kind of very similar now. Got it. And so it's like, all right, well, you still got the older population, 
there's an infrastructure over there to keep like like villages and like shit like that like to keep like that over population like yeah. cycling through there Got so it. who knows like but there's like hot spots like venice you know but still it's gonna be slow i'm wondering what the you know obviously the the onslaught of tom brady and then the super bowl is going to do to that that community over there i think it's going to make tampa bay area a new hot spot to be honest with you it could i mean yeah i thought the whole like what were they tampa bay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then uh uh what, what there was another one for gronkowski too it was uh uh, Gronkineers, they're, they're, Gronkineers. Calling it, they're calling it Tampa Bay and Gronkineers. Yeah, I think that I think this is it's so funny because it's like a one year plan or two year plan. Basically, like whatever. Yeah. It's like I mean, how much That's longer it. are these guys going to play? I don't know, man. But when they start talking about like the amount that that it's influenced Vegas in terms of like favorites for Super Bowls and stuff Come like on. that, where it got them. I'm not saying that Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady are going to win. It's a paper tiger, man. Yeah, but that offense—that's the biggest offense that Tom's yeah, seen yep. in a long time. Yep. And they're they're gonna they be putting some up some weapons. stupid numbers, stupid numbers. But just remind me, last oh, year man. Tom Brady's stats were just yeah, the same listen, as Jameis Winston's. You know, listen, this is my opinion on Tom Brady. I think he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very good in Michigan, right? He was. You know, are you, are you about to try to tell me that probably the greatest quarterback of all time is 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 an average quarterback in your eyes? No, I wouldn't say average. This is what I'm getting at. I wouldn't say I think he was a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Great quarterback that benefited from a very good line and a very good system his entire career. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I agree. And he's made some decent throws through his career in key moments. Uh-huh. Right? He's also had some favorable calls go his way. This is obviously a Dolphin fan Oh, talking. my God. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm about to hear the Miami Dolphins song start no, playing no, 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 right now in the background. No, no. I didn't know if that was going to come in or not. No, 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 no. No, no. But hear me out, right? No, I'm not trying to take anything away from Tom Brady. I'm really not. Because mm-hmm. obviously you've played in this league. You understand how difficult it is on a daily to perform. right? So I cannot take anything away from him at all. Uh-huh. However, I will say this. You probably could have put a bunch of other quarterbacks in that same situation. They would have done just as well. I love that. I've, I've, Am I wrong or right? I have, I have never heard anybody poo-poo Tom Brady the way that this Miami Dolphin fan has poo-pooed Tom Brady before in my life. That's impressive. Do you think I'm wrong? Or yep. You, you think I'm wrong? All right. No. I'll take that, though. No, but no, I, I, I will, from I will you, tell I'll you, take that. I will tell you that, you know, a lot of other quarterbacks would be more successful in that system. Not more successful than Tom, but more successful than wherever they were prior. Wherever they were, yeah. I'm, Bill Belichick, man, there's something about... See, that to me, that was that the secret sauce. organization operates, man. I, I could talk he to He was anybody. always the secret sauce to me. It's... it's it's remarkable. It, he's always, he is like. I'm just trying to justify like the the dude being like okay in no, Michigan and like just like being like like cyber in what gets the it, NFL. what gets me is is his competitive spirit. To be honest, he's with got you. all the heart in the world. Yeah, like I, the, I, I like Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong, I don't hate the guy. I really do. There, there's a lot to be admired there, and there's a lot personally too. The way he's handled a lot of the noise and a lot of the mm-hmm. controversy it was pretty admirable. I mean, he did a great job handling the media. I think so. Especially, you know, you know he, 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 he's, a, he's probably going to make a great politician one day. I imagine so. <laughs> I, I think he wants to get involved in, he doesn't want to do broadcasting, right? Doesn't he want to become, or is that Peyton that wants to become part owner or something like that right. of a team? He doesn't want to be a, a media guy because right now he's got something like, what is it, 18 or $20 million on the table a year annually to go ahead and broadcast one of the days of the week for the NFL. Um, really? Yep. He has that offer waiting for him. Wow, but my guess is, uh, and he said it too. He he wants to he wants to own a team. He wants to be not even necessarily a GM. He wants to be part owner, president of a team. So, man, we hey, to go the Michael Jordan route. Yeah, way above my pay grade. 
I don't know, man. Way above my pay grade. I could talk to you forever. I'm a conversation piece. <laughs> that might how not be we, as articulate. Doing, John? Might be as articulate as Dan uh, Dan Levitard, but uh, we're at one thirty-seven. Hey, we're uh, we're in good shape. Hour and a half. It's pretty good. We're in good shape. Is that is that a long one for you or what? I uh, it all depends, man. You know, usually if it's a good, you know, I won't say good guess or a bad guess, but usually if we get on good a roll, if we get on a roll, we're like an hour and a half, two yeah. hours. Yeah. But the um, I just want to touch on one. Let's touch it. Let's let's just go ahead and touch it. Don't be nervous. <laughs> Reach out and touch it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like, with the, with the with the Tom Brady thing, mm-hmm. right? So, I want you to kind of elaborate. Like, you you think other quarterbacks would have been successful in that system? Like, oh, hundred percent. Right. I've I've heard from Vince Wilfork's mouth, from um, Brandon Merriweather's mouth, guys that I played with at the University of Miami. That there's just something about Bill Belichick. That is just different than every other coach. He right. runs every other or, every other organization that they played for or been a part of. It's it's like Bill knows when a player is about to expire, when his value is is at the premium. He knows when to get rid of people. He knows what buttons to push. And it's a no nonsense league where you don't get afforded opportunities to make mistakes more than once. And if you don't want to be accountable and and you want to you know be your own enterprise, you ain't for the Patriots. And that's the reason why they've able to or been able to assemble guys for the minimal amount of money to get the most production out of them. Which segues me to my question. Mm -hmm. So you answered that for me perfectly. Do you feel that Brian Flores has that here? Oh, this is turning in, as much as Miami Dolphin fans don't want to know it, this is turning into a mini New England Patriots I see that. Oh, yeah. Happening. So I wanted to get your, your, your opinion on that. It's happening, but it's happening... In a good way. It's not like a bad right. thing. You know what I mean? It's going to be a great thing where you're going to get guys like, for instance, if you were going to tell me as a, as a professional athlete, which is very difficult that I got to tank or I got to not produce as well um, in order to go ahead and facilitate a first round draft pick in the following season, high first round draft pick, I'm going to go tell you, go piss up a rope. Correct. You know what I, mean? I thought the tank thing was just a bunch of bullshit. It was stupid. You're not going to tell players right. to tank. You might have an idea in the organization and the executives and stuff like that, that they have a great plan put together. But you're not going to get, hell, 53 of the guys? Hell no. You ain't going to get 53 guys to, to agree to go ahead and put shitty tape out there because there's 31 other That's teams that are looking at stock. Yep. 100%. People are going to get hurt. Get hurt, lower stock, take money off my table, take food off my plate, let yeah. me provide for my No, 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 no. I'm going to, if you want to do that because you're an 11-year veteran and, you know, you're at the end of the table and, and you've already made your money, then you quit if you want to. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not interested in quitting and putting out a bad product out there because let's face it, now with the internet and the NFL, you live forever, um, your or your legacy or whatever you played in game wise. Nothing, nothing bothers me more than seeing a highlight of an amazing play that happened, whether it was a quarterback throwing a football or running back. And I notice on that film, not necessarily me, but I just notice on that film a missed block or a guy that that messed up, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I, but I see that. A lot of my other people might not see it. Right. But I see it, and I'm like, that poor bastard right now knows that he's got that play out there that is a highlight play for one player. But because he was either screwing the pooch, being lazy on that play, or not knowing his assignment, or not or getting his ass kicked, for that matter, that's going to go down in infamy of everybody wants to see that one play because of a highlight of a Deion Sanders interception or something like that. But they don't realize because that left tackle aborted his assignment and got the quarterback lit up Deion Sanders was able to get that interception, and now you're showing year in and year out that highlight video of Deion Sanders, but it all started because you screwed up. And right. people don't realize that. People don't see that. So it's very difficult to go ahead and convince a guy, I don't care how much you're paying him, 
to go ahead and shit the bed after you've been telling him his whole life, his whole career, you have to be the best. Right. You have to be better. You have to give all that you've got on this play. So I just think it's funny seeing like oh, the, with the draft day, you always see the highlights of the of the guys that just got picked. Mm-hmm. And then if they show a highlight of him making a great play against like a lesser team, of course, I'm always just like, yeah, you, again, you, you know, I mean that that dude, you got like a one star guy going against. Well, a it's, it's like guy, it's yeah. like seeing a lot of our high school kids. Like, yeah, everybody, I watch a lot of film for the University of Miami or whether whoever they're going to, Florida, Florida State, Alabama, whoever the player is going to out of high school. And you're trying to show me a kid's highlight video of a guy that he's going that he's like seven inches taller than, or yeah. he's like, like no shit, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You want to you want to show me a really good game? Put on a game that when he's actually in college and he's playing against another athlete that's pretty capable, um, and then you watch him have a stalemate or not be able to do anything productive, then I'll understand. But but don't show me a highlight video of a kid that is going to be crunching numbers in an accounting firm in about five years from now, and while this kid's trying to get a scholarship, no, it ain't going to happen. So, so my second question then. The Dolphins' line moves. Listen, when it comes to line, okay, you know a lot of fans are left in the dark. Yeah. Because it's, I always say that the peripheral positions are a lot easier to judge because they're on an island. Of course. Than they are, than they, then you, you can judge like a guy that's in the yeah, trenches. The stuff that's going in the mud. Yeah. Right. It's very, very tough for a fan to kind of look at that and be, and judge that. Yep. Right. Very hard thing. So, when it comes to all these offensive line picks that the Dolphins made, we're like, great, we took Lyman. Great, we took Lyman. You don't really know if those linemen are any, no, any good. No, well, especially the way the football is played nowadays. People are still stuck. Each position group is 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 uh, is decorated in their own individual way where he's like a sexy wide receiver doing something great. It's not hard to see. Mm-hmm. An offensive lineman doing something great is a lot more difficult to see because you don't understand the intricacies of, of offensive line blocking, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Nowadays, with the movement and the mobility of quarterbacks, getting outside the pocket, being athletic, you might not necessarily be able to take on a 295-pound defensive tackle that can pick you up and slam you like a Donald or something like that. Um, but you'll understand. Aaron Donald's a beast, man. Yeah, he's freaking insane, man. Freaking insane. Um, you, you, you'll you understand the mobility of a guy pulling. Like, like for instance, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother, Casey Kelsey, the one that's the center for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. His ability to be number one in shape as much as he is because all he does is just pull constantly. He very rarely will take on your 330-pound Haloti Nadi or Haloti Nadi or whatever, the big defensive tackle, whoever you might be thinking now is in the NFL remaining. It's more of like a position thing where they're going to try to find ways to X and O so that little mini center doesn't get isolated against the big monster because sheer physics, you're not going to be able to win. Right. So you got to rely on your speed, your ability, your technique, your smarts, and the X's and O's of blocking and getting around certain guys. So you'll see these little centers or these little guards have that mobility factor where they're almost acting like another fullback in the backfield. So the way that the game keeps evolving, it like went from big offensive linemen to smaller offensive linemen, back to big. Now it's going to smaller, more athletic tight end slash basketball players for the most part. You're seeing mm-hmm. at, at the guys that are defending the backs of our quarterbacks. And and you see what they just drafted now. You saw the Miami Dolphins pick up a couple offensive linemen, and they're going to be moved around and switched around just on the sheer fact that two is a lefty. Right. He's very mobile. Uh, so you have to worry about blocking certain sides of him now. And he also has to understand, you know, this isn't – he'll learn pretty quickly um, because when I would go back and watch college football after being in the NFL for a little time, it's, it's like watching paint dry. College mm-hmm. football is slow as hell. To me, yeah. slow, slow as hell. Slow game. Oh, my God, yeah. very slow. 
And um, and Tua will realize especially that. those like option run like yeah. offenses that window yeah. closes so much faster yeah. than than it did in college for you. You got maybe two or three guys opposing you that that have the ability to possibly get a shot at making professional football. Right now, you have the whole eleven that are on the other side of the game that are playing against you that want to kill you and uh, and are going to find a way to do so. They're all specialists, and they're all phenomenal at what they do. Yeah. You know, I mean, just you can figure figure out how the funnel works. You know, from high school to college, college to professional, and then the professionals that go on and do the Pro Bowl and the elite All Pro stuff is just you're dealing with with anomalies in the right. genetic pool. You know, and that's what makes us admire guys like Zach Thomas and Chase yeah, Taylor man. like that much more, and especially oh. Zach being the size that he was and still being able to perform at that level, and totally. Jason being long and lanky and still being able to perform at that level, and just like changing the position. Really, honestly, yeah, and uh, even, even Jason Taylor changed that position. Oh, he did. I, mean, I, I, I remember our especially game plan. the way when he used to drop back in the coverage. I was like, "Oh man, that's it's gave me a chubby." I was like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> well, his whole thing is I know his move because we, yeah. we game plan it every single time. He does the long arm thing and he does his third step. On his third step, that's when he gives you, and then he kind of makes it look like he's going straight up field. And on his third step, he puts his foot in the ground and he just gives you that left arm up underneath your shoulder pads, and he goes right up into I like. We game plan it, and he's considered a game wrecker. So game planning that opposing defense, you list four guys, three or four guys, depending on how many they have, that uh, consider can basically alter the outcome of a game within three or four plays of an NFL football game, and he's listed as one of those. And Jason Taylor, all the way till the very end. Did he get slower? Maybe a little bit, not much, uh, but he got smarter, just like everybody else at that right. level. And and JT would study film, learn the, the weaknesses of his tackles that he would be going against, and – you know, just sit back there and eat ultimately. Whatever was a third down specialist or an every down guy or whatever he ended up playing at the end. But, yeah, he's just special. Guys, James Harrison, Pittsburgh Steeler, right. lunatic guy like that. James ain't a big dude, Julius man. Peppers. Pep is, oh, God. Yeah. I'm, he yeah. lives here. Yeah, Pep, Pep's over by yeah. me. Yeah, Pep's yeah. by me. He actually maybe about a, a mile from me. Yeah, he's a, he's a good freak of nature. First time I saw him in equipment, I just said, this shouldn't happen. Yeah. This 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 human being shit is like Thanos, for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? He's a monster, <laughs> man. Monster of a dude. There's a lot of guys like that that I was just like, holy smokes, is that for real? Thank you so much for talking sports with me. No, my pleasure. I mean, really, I, I mean, I get to talk sports on the show every now and then, but not with, like, anyone who's, you know. On who's, your who's, level, on your level, who's, who's so. sports wise, you, you're, you're like you're like you're like yeah you, you know I'm in. You're placating me. This no, I'm glad. I, I appreciate you. No, my pleasure, man. Us. I really got to pee, so okay. I'm gonna have to cut it. We'll end. We'll end it with you. I really got to pee. Yeah, Thanks, so. man. I really got to pee. Got <laughs> to a leak. How did you end your podcast? By the way, I got to pee. Yeah, it was good. It worked out. No, I'm I'm loving it, man. Between the cow horns and, and the American flags, I'm ready to rock and roll. And of course. You know, your, your, your Duper and your Clayton action yeah, my figurines. Duper and my Clayton, we got wings, we got beer. I tried, to be a good, I tried to be a good host for you today. Oh, you're fantastic. I was really, I really it was honored that you um, you drove up. No, and, I worked and, out, man. It was good. Out with us and, it was good. I started my yeah. diet today, by the way, which uh, clearly I'm not finishing today. You, really, but you the, started the I'll, diet today? I'll have to, I'll have to start I'm it again tomorrow. I'm glad I could contribute to that. <laughs> I'll have to start it again tomorrow. We'll, we'll so, see. It's always the tomorrow diet. I'll get yeah. it going tomorrow. Oh, my God. All right. Robert, thank Appreciate you, man. It, man. No, I, thank I, you. you know, thanks for uh, entertaining me here today. Oh, you my thoroughly, pleasure. You thoroughly did. And, my pleasure. Um, I want to give a certain shout-out because I didn't give a shout-out to Joey Cardi at the beginning of this. So, you know, Joey Cardi um, is the presenting sponsor of our show. So um, if you guys are in the need of a vehicle, a Dodge Ram, Jeep, 
um, Chrysler. He's in the vehicle. Keys all the time too, isn't he? Doesn't he have a fishing team? He does, surreal. He's got a giant Hydrosport. I met those guys. He's got a '53 Hydrosport. He's the presenting sponsor of the show. We do all the no artwork. Shit. We do all the artwork for yeah, that boat. Yeah, I was filling up the other day at Plantation. Um, yeah. I had I chopped. Oh, you it know up where with Plantation? Boat oh yeah, Elias. Yeah. Elias that owns Hydrosport so was Harris, uh, a good buddy of mine. My neighbor. partner, my partner Harris. Yeah, he's right on that street. That's where he lives. Where his house is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. They're like Fifth House. Cool, yeah. They're up here in Lauderdale area. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Because he told yeah. me he's a guy. I'm a dealership guy. Yeah, so Joey Cardi's presenting sponsor of the show. And right now they're doing 0% financing for 72 months. On which vehicles? On select vehicles. I Probably not like the 2500 and 3500s, but 1500 and below. And all the Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, oh, for wow. no payments for 120 days, which is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, that's a really good uh, deal. So he wants to make sure that I mention that every time. And I will, proudly. Um, cause they, they're, they're very generous to us. Um, and also their service and their quality is impeccable. If you need anything from Joey Cardi, go see my man, Dean, tell him I sent you, he will hook you up. Dean's a salesman or the service Dean's rep? salesman. Got it. Yeah. Dean's a salesman. Um, he, he helped us out. He's got us into the Ram rebel 1500, which is leather throughout the whole thing. And sporty as could be. She's pretty, huh? Yeah. She's pretty. So I love that truck. So, um, your ego is not your amigo. Right, always do your best and let God do the rest. And don't ever buy any vehicle other than Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Super. No, not Subaru anymore. But yeah, see, I messed up. It's just three beers talking. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, always remember. Each drink, like, what other vehicle each we put in local, here? Each drink can be local. And uh, let's throw a Ferrari in there. Lambo. Yeah, like why not, about, man? Why not? Each drink be local. Papa's raw bar. And don't ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. Always connected by water. Brett Romberg, thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite, man. Right on. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.